This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. We have some breaking news to report now. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has just announced that he is no longer running for president. In a video posted on X just moments ago, DeSantis endorsed begrudgingly former President Trump, previously his chief rival for the White House. DeSantis's announcement comes after he came in second in the Iowa caucuses, but still substantially behind Trump. With his campaign officially over now, Nikki Haley remains Trump's only competition in the race for the Republican nomination. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am suspending my campaign. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. The two Navy SEALs who went missing off the coast of Somalia have been officially declared dead. That's according to U.S. Central Command. The military says after 10 days of exhaustive searching, the mission has changed from search and rescue to recovery. The two SEALs were boarding a vessel carrying Iranian weapons when one fell into the water. The second jumped in after them, according to protocol. The military says search teams from around the world, including the Scripps Institute of Oceanography in San Diego, 21,000 square miles in their efforts. In a statement, a general from U.S. Central Command said, quote, we mourn the loss of our two naval special warfare warriors, and we will forever honor their sacrifice and example. Our prayers are with the SEALs' families, friends, the U.S. Navy, and the entire special operations community during this time. This is a big win, but there's a lot more left, and he knows it, so they'll feel good about this. John Harbaugh with his brother, his father, his mom, with family in attendance, gets to celebrate a return trip to the championship game for the first time since 2012. Jordan Love's about, he's got a chance here to match. Realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love, pressure up the middle. Runs away, throws across his body, and that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. He's got to go down. The game 
Dan Campbell has done the Detroit Lions. You will not be able to say enough. Sean McDermott, after his one-for-three performance last week, he has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, the game on the line, he will. 44 yards, pass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. Second and two, Pacheco. He's got the first down, and the Chiefs are going to be going to Baltimore. Going to the AFC Championship game for a sixth consecutive year. Chris and Beth Page is on a fan. Chris, how are you? A couple things. It's funny. You were great. I love you with Sid Rosenberg. You're awesome on that segment. <laughs> right. It's must listen to radio. I got to tell you a very quick story. Yep. Uh, about six years ago, I worked down on Wall Street. I left early because it was snow. So I go down to the, uh, the two train, okay, the two train on Broadway. And, um, I'm listening to Sid's podcast with the late, great Bernard McGurk. Okay? Yep, yep. And all of a sudden, who gets off the train and is walking right towards me on the platform? Because he lived down there back then. It's one Sidney Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. So I go up to him. He doesn't know who I am, obviously. I got the earplugs in. I go, hey, Sid. And he looks at me. And I take the earbud out. I stick it right in his ear. And he's listening to himself. And he's like, holy crap. <laughs> so... And let me tell you something. We've become pretty good friends since then. Like, he good. mentions that story a lot. Yeah, and he's just a great guy, and I, I really enjoy it when you're on there with him. I really well, next time, so. you know, Chris, I, next time i got to write this down, and next time I go on with Sid, I'll have to mention you. So you know him. You you know Sid personally now, right? I know him. He, he knows my last name. Whenever I call, he used to take calls. He doesn't take them anymore. Uh, but he used to say my first and last name all the time. He used to right. say my last name. Right. And what would happen is I, I, I would be, be careful, Sid, because I'm supposed to be at work right now. Like, you know, I work from home, so. Right, I'm right. Like, I'm, and I'm like, Sid, don't mention my last name, because my boss has come out he's listening to. He's like, what the hell is that guy doing calling Sid Rosenberg? Joe Biscopo wishing Sid Rosenberg the best on his trip to Israel. God bless you, Sidney. I love you, man. You are brave. You are valiant, and God bless on your trip to the Holy Land. And for you, if Frank Sinatra ever sang a Jewish traditional song, let us rejoice. Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Venesmecha, Hava, Nagila, Hava. Nagila hava, nagila ve inesmecha. Hava nuranana, hava nuranana, hava nuranana ve inesmecha. Uru, ku ku, urakim belev samecha, urakim. Samika Uru Dooby Dooby Doo Hava Nagila Love you, Sydney. She comes down from Yellow Mountain on a dark flat land she rides. On a pony she named Wildfire When the whirlwind by 
breath tonight Oh, they say She died one winter When there came a killing frost And the pony she named Wildfire Busted down its stall In a blizzard he was lost Oh, that was good stuff. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs, Wildfire. But how about my guy, Joe Piscopo? So, it occurred to me I was, well, I don't know what I was doing exactly, but it was sometime around Saturday morning, maybe early Saturday afternoon. And, you know, I want to get everybody involved in this Israel trip. I mean, everybody's making such a big deal about it, for the most part. It's a little sad that they're making a bigger deal about it outside the station, but that's fine. We have a, a meeting today, a big meeting with Alex Trayman on a Zoom, and we're going to uh, figure out all the technical aspects of the show from those JNS studios in Jerusalem. And uh, John Katzmatidis, my guy, back from St. Petersburg, and Margo and Chad and Emily, they're all, uh, they've given us our blessings, and I expect this week we'll get together with the social media folks, the marketing folks, and figure out a way to blow this thing up even bigger than it already is. I know a bunch of Jewish papers, including the Jerusalem Post, have reached out, so going to be a big deal. So I'm sitting around on Saturday, and I go, I want to get everybody involved, so how about the music radio guys? You know, you got Hava Nagila, you got Tradition, all these great Jewish songs, and we have all this talent at our station, from Piscopo to Madunio to Tony Orlando. How about having these guys sing some of these classic Jewish songs as a as a kind of send-off, if you will? What do you think about that genius idea from me? Because not only does that work, but at the same time, I promised Piscopo and Madunio and all these guys that I'd promote their show here. And they love that idea because there's no audience anywhere close to the size. So they loved it. Is that a brilliant idea, Noam, or what? As long as Joe Piscobo sings Havana Gilam on board. <laughs> Not only did he sing it, he sent me a video. It's a great video, but I, I didn't want to post it until we play the audio here first. So I'll post a video. Madunio did a beautiful song from Fiddler on the Roof. We'll play that later. I'm waiting on Tony Orlando today. And um, I got the whole team involved. Isn't that brilliant, Lewis? I don't know what to say. I really I just don't know. I don't know. That just came out of no, like at the end of the open, and I, I it was going on. I went, he's doing a show. <laughs> it sounds like he was on stage doing a show. I don't know. Just, I don't know what Piscopo was. He's standing in front of some. I don't know. It's like almost like a mural. Like I don't know. He's great. And you know, you had the old uh, thumb <laughs> moving and. 
if uh, Frank Sinatra baby was going to do Hava Nagila, <laughs> and he and he found a way to include Doobie Doobie Do. Well, that Hava Nagila. I mean, when's the last time that was? Uh, I don't think ever. I don't think ever. Now it's going to be uh, the new tradition. I think so. But it's pretty surreal when you consider that a week from right now, I'll be on the air. It'll be 1.15 p.m. in Jerusalem, but a week from now, right now, I'll be coming to you live from Israel. This is, uh, we got a whole week of shows here right through Friday, and then, you know, you, El Al doesn't fly on Shabbos. Some of you idiots on Instagram are like, wait, you're flying on Shabbos? No, 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 they don't fly on Shabbos. So I'm taking a very late flight after Shabbos, Saturday night, from Kennedy, Tel Aviv. we got land... Israel time Sunday morning, early in the morning, you know, mid-morning, in Tel Aviv. <laughs> and then I guess, how long is the trip known from the airport in Tel Aviv to central Jerusalem? Probably about an hour and a half, something like that, maybe a little less. I don't think it's that long. I don't think it is, but... Yeah, it's like a, by the time you get out of the airport, get in yeah. the car, you know, it'll be over an hour. All right, so, well, that's uh, that's coming up. I don't know why I'm choking so much, but... God, I really am becoming Amos. <coughs> Lou, say something funny, quick. <laughs> uh, please don't die because we need uh, our jobs. Right. So let's see. Uh, you yeah, I'm go fine now. I'm okay. okay you're fine. You, you know, okay. uh, in the open, long. too, not only did we play the Joe Piscopo, great rendition of Havana Gila, <coughs> I really am dying. But um, maybe we'll bring water into you. Yeah, that would be a good help. Thank you. I'll get the oxygen tank. But yeah, we played the, uh, the NFL stuff. Charles. <laughs> and this was a very exciting NFL weekend. The games were all great. They really were. Uh, even Baltimore, they blew out Houston that first game on Saturday. But that game started 10-10 in the third quarter. It wasn't until Lamar Jackson went nuts in the second half that the Ravens put that game away. So they move on, and they're going to host as the one seed the AFC Championship game, and we had to wait till about 9.30 p.m. last night to find out who was going to Baltimore at um, 6 o'clock on Sunday. Was that the first game? Yes, it's the, the Bal- first game, 3 first o'clock, game. 3 yes. o'clock, yes. yeah. 3 o'clock Sunday, Baltimore will host now Kansas City, who got two touchdowns from Travis Kelsey, which made his girlfriend Taylor Swift very, very happy. How annoying is that? My God. Game was great. Nance and Romo were great. Back and forth, Mahomes and Allen. That game was exactly what you thought it would be. And the only thing that annoyed me was the Swift stuff, but it is what it is. So while Kansas City moves on, I believe now this is the sixth consecutive AFC championship appearance for the Chiefs. That is unbelievable. In this era, to go six straight conference championship games, Says a lot about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the whole thing. So, three o'clock Sunday, you get KC at Baltimore. The last time Baltimore was in the championship game was 2012. But they had to win a road game. They won at home. They won a game in New England. They beat the Patriots. Went on to take on the San Francisco 49ers, which could happen again this year in the Super Bowl. It was in New Orleans. I covered it. I was there. And on that day, Joe Flacco was the quarterback for the Ravens. They won. And the quarterback for the Niners, Colin Kaepernick. So that's your game. Baltimore hosting Kansas City. In the late game, Saturday first, you had that um, 
the win for the 49ers. That was not easy. Once again, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers look like they're about to get a huge upset the week before they blew the doors off the Dallas Cowboys. But um, the Niners get a late touchdown from Christian McCaffrey, and then they pick off Love again, and they hold on for dear life to win that one. And they'll host next week the Lions. And the Lions beat Tampa Bay yesterday 31-23. This is the first time in 33 years that the Lions will be in an NFC Championship game. In fact, the last time Detroit played in this game, Hall of Fame running back Barry Sanders was only in his third season. And the Lions got blown out that day 41-10 to by a very good Washington Redskin team. So now the Lions will go to San Francisco, and that is the later game. Comes your way about 6.30 on Sunday night as the road to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas narrows. We're down to the final four. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. My guy, Jim Nance, who many, many years ago when I started in this business, before I had any terrestrial radio job and I was still doing Internet radio with Scott Kaplan out of South Florida, we ended up in uh, San Antonio for the NCAA College Basketball Championship Final Four. That's when Vince Carter was still going to North Carolina and Keith Van Horn was still going to Utah. And I needed a pair of brown dress socks. I forgot to pack my dress socks. And Jim Nance, who had no idea who I was, no idea, I was a brand new in the business, but he had, an, I guess, uh, some obligation to do the show with me and Scott because we were affiliated with CBS, invited me to his hotel room after the show, and he gave me a pair of brown socks. That's and so good. That started nice, the friendship. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, well, Sid, I wore these back now in the Masters days, and I'd like you to have them as a token. Yeah. My, thanks for being a friend. Thank you very much. Well, could you imagine that? I mean, he had no idea. He'd meet me on my hotel room after the show when he was there. In fact, he was standing in the lobby, I'll never forget it, with Bill Raftery. And I walked over, and I said, Jim, he goes, I know you are. Come on, let's go. Wow. And he took me and Scott right upstairs, and we've been uh, really close friends for the past uh, the past twenty plus years since then. So you got you got you got the trip to Israel, which is huge. You've got the NFL weekend, which was also huge. But of course, the biggest political story in the country right now is New Hampshire tomorrow. Now it's down to just two people, which is exactly what Bill O'Reilly said weeks ago. Weeks ago, he said DeSantis would get blown out in Iowa, which he did. He did come in second place, but he still got blown out. And then he's going to quit. And then he didn't quit. In fact, he said he was taking his team right to South Carolina, state number three, primary number three. But then he still quit before New Hampshire. So you're down to Trump and this idiot, Nikki Haley who I like less and less every day. But you heard in the open, Ron DeSantis admitting there was no path to victory. By the way, there's also no path to victory for Nikki Haley. Nothing even close. But she's going to stick around because Democrats vote for Republicans in New Hampshire, and they hate Donald Trump, so Haley's going to come close. She may even win. It doesn't matter. She's going to get clobbered in her own state. In fact, two, two Republican politicians, one who's on this show all the time, Nancy Mace, and the other, Tim Scott, both from the state of South Carolina, 
both admitted friends of Nikki Haley and both have endorsed Donald Trump. I mean, Nikki Haley's just wasting everybody's time. Is that not true? No? It seems that way. Just get out. No? Well, she has all that money backing her, so she can. St- you know, the reason DeSantis right. is out is the money went away. It all went over to Nikki Haley. Yeah, but it so. doesn't matter. What, what good is all the money if you can't win? She, it's not even a competitive. It's it's a joke. Well, if she wins, which we don't, the polls did tighten up over the weekend, but it's still Trump's ahead. But if she wins, of course, then she'll say, "All right, you know, I have reason to march on. I won." Right. And then she gets killed in South Carolina, goes home anyway. Could be, yeah. No, will be. It's definitely going to happen, I promise you. But here is Nikki Haley speaking to voters, reacting to Ron DeSantis calling it quits. This Lou Rapino is Nikki Haley, cut number 10. We just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. Yeah! Oh, celebrating. You're next. Dummy. You talk about being delusional, my God. Anyway, that sets up a a great show and a great week. Again, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this Israel trip this week. It all starts a week from today in Jerusalem. New Hampshire coming up tomorrow and down to the Final Four leading up to Super Bowl 58. The guest today, always Curtis Lewa, gets us going in studio 715. He's always great. Curtis Lewa, Rich Lowry, John Katsimatidis, Steve Bannon, and Joe Beningo. Big guest list today. The number, as always, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Welcome to a new week with Sitting Friends in the Morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. She ran calling wildfire. She ran calling the dark of the moon I planted But there came an early snow There's been a hoot owl howling by my window now For six nights in a row She's coming for me Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
journey right here, Wheels in the Sky. You know, years and years ago when my late great partner Bernard was not here, but back in Madison Square Garden, Jill Vitale, Flirty Flipper, we actually had this uh, lead singer, Steve Perry, in studio. He was sick for a while, you know. He's a cancer survivor, and he um, had a new album that came out. I'm going back maybe five or six years ago. And he was terrific, sweet guy. And today, Steve Perry, who I, had, I believe... I'm accurate when I say this, one of the greatest voices in rock and roll history. One of the greatest. And uh, according to you, Lou, how old is Steve Perry today? Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Wow. He left Journey, and uh, who took over there? I forgot. It wasn't a famous guy. Like, there was a famous guy who took over Queen years ago. Yeah, the guy The guy, Adam, uh, he won... um, Adam Lambert. Yeah, Adam Lambert, right. But what did he win? He was pretty good. American Idol? Yeah, I think it was American Idol. He was good. He was all right. Yeah, he was good. You're not replacing Freddie Mercury. No, 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 no. no. Well, you're not replacing Steve Perry either. No, why? Yeah. I think they wanted him to have surgery for something, and he was hesitant. His nose or something, right? No, it was his hip. Oh, his hip, okay. And um, it didn't happen, so... He ended up, they ended up just uh, parting ways. Mm. It was weird, though. Very successful band. Oh, amazing. I mean, they've got so many great songs. That was a great one you picked right there, Wheel in the Sky, but they got so many great songs. We'll play a bunch of Steve Perry throughout the day, celebrating Steve Perry's 75th birthday. So write down these dates so you know, folks. Tomorrow is New Hampshire. That's an important date. Tomorrow, what's the exact date tomorrow, Noam? Tomorrow is the 23rd. All right, January 23rd, New Hampshire. Do we know anybody off the top of our heads the exact date for South Carolina? It's uh, a Saturday. I think it's, uh, I have to look it up, but I know it's on a Saturday. All right, we'll get that date for you. So tomorrow, January 23rd, New Hampshire, we'll have the date for South Carolina coming up. Monday, January 29th, a week from today will be day number one for Sid and Friends in the morning in Israel. And Sunday, February the 11th, will be Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. And we'll find out this Sunday night who is going to play. Once again, the Ravens. They're going to host Kansas City for the right to represent the AFC. And the 49ers, they're going to host the Lions for the right to represent the NFC. No, what do you got for me? February 24th. Is That's that... right. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, You got a long wait uh, you know, from New Hampshire tomorrow. And so Nikki Haley, if she annoys you like she annoys me, my friend Lynn just told me that uh, Judge Judy 
Yeah. He's out stomping every day for Haley. So she's annoying you as much as she's annoying me. At this point, she's the enemy. She just can't figure out that Republicans need to stop demonizing Donald Trump. He's not the problem. The problem is Joe Biden and any other Democrat that runs against us. So she needs to shut up and go away, but she ain't because after she does okay, maybe even wins in New Hampshire tomorrow, you got a full month before State 3 pops up in South Carolina. And then I believe March 5th is Super Tuesday. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So another month of annoying Nikki Haley. You know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I love her, and she spent uh, some time as, what do you call that job that... um White House spokesman. Yes, very good. And she was great. And she took a savage beating from the left. The media was so nasty to her. I remember one night she was having dinner. She couldn't even finish her meal. They just, you know, they're just so nasty. And God bless her. She's gone on to become like her father, the great Mike Huckabee, the governor in Arkansas. Very, very impressive woman. And I believe bigger things even on the way for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So she's on Face the Nation yesterday with uh, Margaret Brennan, courtesy of CBS. And she's trying to say nice things about Trump. Margaret Brennan tried to interrupt her about two or three times. But you're not going to interrupt Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's going to get her point out there. So here it is, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, courtesy of Face the Nation and CBS Lewis, cut number 11. You know, one of the things that I think is so often left out of Donald Trump's story is the patriotism and the love of country that he brought back. We haven't seen that in this president. In fact, we've seen the total opposite. We see people who believe in America again who see the strength of our country. We brought back American manufacturing. We secured our border. We had a strong economy. Our enemies abroad actually feared us, and our allies actually respected us. Instead of the people now are across the, uh, the other side of the world are laughing at us and taking advantage of the weakness of this president. Donald Trump, uh, you know, you joked a minute ago, you called me Sarah instead of governor. You know, your colleagues called me a lot of other things. I'll take Sarah all day over some of the things that the media and the left called me. But when those things were happening, the person who was defending me, empowering me to do my job was Donald Trump. I know that he can deliver again because he's done it before. There you have it, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Okay, don't forget Curtis Sliwa, our first guest, stopping by in about 30 minutes, as he does every weekday morning. We've got our first look at traffic on your Monday morning in New York with the great Joe Nolan. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to my guy John Katzmatidis, great show, the Cats Roundtable with John Katzmatidis. That's where common sense prevails. Always tells both sides of the story. Comes your way every Sunday. Sunday morning starting at 8, or listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Here, John talks with Boeing, Andrew Tangle. Go ahead, Lou. Andrew Tangle, tell us what your thoughts are. I mean, the Boeing stock is almost 270 a month ago, and today it's back down to 200. Uh, what say you? Boeing problems have emerged in recent years. It generates a lot of scrutiny internally at Boeing and with the FAA and also the Pentagon, which oversees the production of uh, their military jets. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! 
Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Go to the world's best-built boiler. We'll debrief the weekend that was of divisional round playoff action in the NFL. Kicking things off on Saturday in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, I should say. Lamar Jackson threw two touchdown passes and ran for two scores. And the one-seed Ravens pulled away in the second half for a 34-10 win over the four-seed Houston Texans to advance to the AFC Championship game. And then in San Francisco, the one-seed 49ers uh, mounted a late comeback with Christian McCaffrey capping off a game-winning 69-yard drive by running for his second touchdown with just over a minute to play, allowing the Niners to hold on and beat the 7-seed Green Bay Packers 24-21 in a divisional round thriller. After spending all regular season as frontrunners, San Fran rallied behind Purdy and McCaffrey to reach their third straight NFC Championship game. Yesterday, the NFC got things going in the afternoon between the 4-seed Bucks and the 3-seed Lions in Detroit. Jared Goff threw his second touchdown pass with a little over halfway through the 4th uh, left in the game, and the Lions beat Tampa Bay 31-23, to lifting Detroit into the NFC Championship for the first time in 32 years. You know what's funny about that game? The Bucks were getting six and a half, mm-hmm. and they were getting blown out, and Baker Mayfield makes this a nice comeback at the end. When the Buccaneers go for two, if they make that, they cover the spread. I can't imagine a lot of people bet the Bucks yesterday, but that two-point conversion would have made it a six-point game, even though... As Luke pointed out, Mike Tarico's math was a bit off. He said five-point game. Yeah. But either way, that was a very important two-point two conversion because if the Bucks make that, they cover. Instead, if you bet the Lions minus the points at home, you were a winner. There you go. I don't think Baker Mayfield was thinking about that necessarily. but uh, uh, You never know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you never know. That's true. You never know. Now they have to uh, travel to San Francisco. Uh, Detroit, that is. Uh, the NFC's aforementioned uh, top seed. Niners are Niners a big Detroit. favorite. It's early. It's Monday morning, but the Niners already a touchdown favorite. Really? It's a lot of points. Wow, especially for the Lions are playing good football, man. That is a lot of points for a team putting up a lot of points. Uh, finally, the game of the weekend did not disappoint last night in Buffalo between the two-seed Bills and the three-seed Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes threw two touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey, and the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs advanced to their sixth straight AFC championship game with a 27-24 to win over the Bills. That was one heck of a game. Casey moves on to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson. I'll take a guess on that one. I told you the Niners right now. Mm-hmm. It's early. It could change. Seven-point favorites over the Lions in San Francisco Sunday. You want to take a guess what the line is? Baltimore hosting Kansas City. Uh, three points. I, I mean, that's a safe three bet. Three points right? is a safe bet, but it's not. It's three and a half. Really? So you get the hook with Kansas City. Yep, yep. So we'll see. Uh, right now, it's early. It's Monday. I think right. I like both underdogs. Yeah, I think so, too. I think both favorites win. In fact, the Ravens look really good. Really, really good. But I'm afraid to lay too many points against a team that's gone to their sixth straight conference championship. Yeah. I mean, listen, in a perfect world, I would would love the Lions to make the Super Bowl. That'd be one heck of a story. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, in ice hockey last night, quickly, the Rangers win 5-2 to over the Ducks in Anaheim and the Islanders. They uh, beat the Dallas Stars 3-2 to to win in uh, Coach Patrick Wise. By the way, you know the hottest team in professional sports, talking about the Rangers and the Islanders? Mm-hmm. Who is it? In pro- the hottest team yeah. in professional sports? Yeah. You know, there's a team that's actually now in the midst of a 13-game winning streak. In what sport? 13. The oh. Edmonton Oilers. Really? And wow. they've now won 13 straight. Up in Canada? With the great Connor McDavid, yes. Yeah. 
How about that? How about that? Yeah, they got a good squad. They have a good <laughs> a squad. Real good out squad. There. Yep. And they'll go out in the first round like they usually do. Oh, 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 look at Louie. Look at Louie. got new life. Not like his Islanders, baby. That's, that's right. what happens. He's got new life. Patrick Wild. And then out because Boston lost to Florida last year. That's it. Everybody's going to lose in the first round. Good <laughs> <laughs> no. happen. Okay. I've been right already once. Yes. So. You, uh, would you pick Florida to win? I, I said. Stop going on about the Bruins. Right, you did say that. You didn't go as far as saying the, the Panthers Florida, are going to no, win. I, but, you, but, but you did but level I, people's enthusiasm. But I yes. laughed about it. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you credit for that. Yes. Thank no, you. You still laugh. I think it's great. <laughs> and on the hardwood last night, the Nets fall the Clippers. Final score, 125 to 114. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Spoilers. Go to PillarsBoilers.com, PavaniaTechList.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best belt boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Good morning, WABC listeners. This is Vinny Madunio from the music radio portion of WABC. Sending this one out to my buddy Sid. I just want to first say that I think it's a beautiful thing that you're going to be broadcasting and taking WABC overseas. But you're going with a beautiful cause in mind and in heart. And I know that the world is experiencing some grave conflict right now. But music has the gift and the power to send strong messages and to heal. And Sid, I am so honored that you asked me to sing a poignant song honoring your people and the people of the world affected by this conflict. And to me, there are no truer words that have ever been spoken or are needed right now than that of the lyrics of the song Sabbath Prayer from the musical Fiddler on the Roof. So this is my rendition, and as you get ready to take the trip of a lifetime, I send you not only my blessings for healing and peace as well as hope, but I send you safe travels, best of luck over there, and let's hope that peace comes for one and all sooner than later. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for giving me the honor to do this for you and for your listeners. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. May the Lord protect and defend you. May he always shield you from shame. May you come to be in Israel a shining Keep them 
from the stranger's ways. May God bless you and grant you long life. Our Sabbath prayer for you. May God make that huh so so far on the uh, first hour this morning as we prepare once again to go to israel a little nervous but i'm more excited than nervous we had uh two great men sing some jewish classics in the first hour this morning and they're both italian joe piscopo and vinnie madunio but you would agree now that vinnie's rendition of the sabbath prayer from Fiddler on the Roof was outstanding. It was. Yes. Yeah, very good. He's a very talented guy. Yeah, he's got a great voice. I remember when uh, when they first told me about this, they ran some type of promo during the show, and Alec got so furious. Don't do this. Don't do this. What is that? What do you well, mean? Don't well, do what he's going to tell know, you is not know. true, first of all. Oh, it's not, it's not no. true. Like, we have no. archives. It's you true, know. but it wasn't Justin. Well, what happened exactly then, Louis Mino, it's such a great memory. What exactly <laughs> happened? Well, I just heard a voice yell in the middle of the promo, Vinny Madunio! Vinny Madunio! What, what, what are we running here? What is this? What are we running? Fine. I didn't know who he was. I know. It was funny. Now I love the kid like my own son. He loves the whole show, too. And he he's a you. huge fan, yes. Yes. He's you know, his father's a great too. guy, too. Yes. And he's also a big fan of the show, and he's an incredibly talented kid. I've heard him do national anthems at different sporting events. He does a great job there with Fiddler on the Roof. And uh, his show on Saturdays is a lot of fun. He plays some of that disco stuff that me and Curtis really like. So I've become a huge Vinnie Madunio fan. So thank you to both Joe Piscopo and Vinnie Madunio for uh, helping us out as we get set to leave Coming up on Saturday, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Again, big guest list today. Curtis Sleeval will kick us off coming up oh, in about 20 minutes. Curtis, Rich Lowry, John Katsimatidis, Joe Beningo, and my man Steve Bannon. All that to come your way Monday morning with Sid. lasted so long Now I find myself wanting to marry you at
and take you home. Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Joe Beningo, Steve Bannon, all set to stop by. I'm, um, I'm always sore, always sore, because I work out way too hard for a guy my age and size. Another great back workout yesterday at my guy Burn Fitness, the great Sean Cerrone. But what I've been doing the last month, and I'm down six pounds, and I can see the difference on the Instagram videos they put here at ABC and certainly on Brian Kilmeade's Fox News TV show a couple of weeks ago. Danielle's got me running a lot, a lot. So now I've been taking these uh, Peloton classes. <laughs> so there's a uh, a young lady, very attractive. You may know who she is, Louis. Her name is Jess Sims, really pretty young African-American girl. And she's on ESPN College Game Day every Saturday. She replaced uh, Marsha Taylor, I guess. Is that her name? Something like that. I don't know. She went to um, she went to NBC. Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor. Yes, she went to NBC. So this girl, Jess Sims, does all the on-spot interviews. Really pretty, but it turns out her real job is she's a Peloton trainer. So yesterday I took her class for the first time. 30-minute run-walk class. And I'm really still a beginner. I've won two half marathons, but I haven't run in years. But I've gotten too top-heavy, and I want to get rid of some of that extra weight. So I decided to run, but this girl is way, way, way too advanced for me. So I did her class. I made the whole 30 minutes, but I feel like hell this morning. My ass hurts. My hamstrings hurt. Everything hurts. So if you want to get into good shape, These Peloton classes are great. I I don't make any money. In fact, I keep telling the guys in sales, we should get Peloton on board. The problem is they're all crazy liberals, and they probably hate me. Fine. I still use their classes. I say nice things about their trainers and instructors. So great job, Jess Sims, yesterday in keeping me in shape. All right. 710, a bit early, but he's here every weekday morning at this time. He, of course, is the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel. Does a great job on his rip and read, noon every weekday afternoon, big ratings, overnights, weekends, and, of course, does his best work alongside me. About this time, every weekday morning, he's the great Curtis Sliwa. And I guess Curtis has some news on the mayor. Good morning, Curtis. Yes, before we get to all that, do me one favor. Sure. 
Never call me a sweet guy like you call guys. Steve Perry, great singer, Journey, always a sweet guy. Very sweet guy. After you just announced that your ass is hurting this morning, <laughs> I do not want to be called a sweet guy. What, sweet cheeks? <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Where's your manliness? What do you mean? I mean, oh, oh you're a sweet guy. What's yes. such a sweet guy? It's a lot of sweet guys. And by the way, I, I have to have a conflict with your wife, Danielle. Uh-oh. Here it is. You're lifting dumbbells every day. Right. You're stressing out every tendon in your leg right down to your knees. You know you're going to blow an ACL at this point if you go running out there. You're going to have knee replacement, Teflon in there. Oh, I, I went running today. I went right. Sid, your days of running are over. No, I'm running great. Trust me, you are going to end up with arthritis, <laughs> rheumatism. Uh, well, You're going to be taking Bengay baths. Why do you, why do you think that everybody who does something is going to end up the physical mess that you are. Because you're a Jew. <laughs> That's all that. the Jews talk but, about. But have you seen what oh, I look like? My look at this body. I, every Jew I've ever met, my goida, my goida. I say, your goida belt? Well, what are you talking about? My goida, it's, it's killing me. Where's your goida? I don't even know where the solar plexus are in a human being. I'm going to find a goida. You know Jews are always moaning and groaning. I, I am. I got this pain. I got this. I do it every day. And every now day. you got an ass pain. And I wonder what that's from. Masjid. Maybe you were in the hot tub there with uh, Anthony Carone. You know, I, I haven't seen my dear friend Anthony Carone now in a couple of weeks. I actually miss him. I'll have to set up a uh, Casa Cipriani night one of these nights. And my buddy Keith Kantrowitz, he's down in Florida. I think he's coming back this week. So, no, it, uh, I have not been in the hot tub, nor have you even seen Anthony Carone or my buddies. And I won't see them until I get back from Israel. Well, when you get back, you can get into a hot tub with now marvelous Ron. He used to be Meatball Ron, the sanctimonious Ron. Last night, I see Trump accepting the endorsement of uh, Ron DeSantis to become the next president. President of the United States, and all of a sudden, all is forgiven, all is forgotten. It's now marvelous. I know, yeah, all he's, of a sudden, he's, marvelous. He's a, a marvelous. marvelous. He's a terrific person. He even brought up his wife Casey, and you know, DeSantis's wife Casey has to hate Trump with all the nasty things he has said about Ron over the last on, six come months. On, this is all like, come on, this is like a play. This no, is acting. great. Listen, in fact, here it is. Uh, to, to Curtis's point, I'm glad he brought it up. This is Donald Trump, very gracious. After DeSantis dropped out and endorsed them, talking about Ron like their longtime buddies. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign. Oh, I will tell you, it's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat Crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. Oh, so amazing. Like, I believe any of this nonsense. <laughs> oh, you're evil, you bad. And then the next thing, they're swapping spit. Listen, they're loving one another. At the end of the day, all Donald Trump is, is a performer. And going back to 2016, people like me voted against him because we thought that was all he was. But, but, this is where some people like you and others who continue to 
actually go after Trump today sounds silly. Yes, there's the performer side of Trump. Yesterday, you're no good. Today, you're great. Marvelous. You're marvelous. It's marvelous, Ron. But for three and a half years until the Chinese unleashed this COVID virus on him and people around the world, you could make the argument next to Ronald Reagan, he was the best president in 50 years. So it's not just the performer, the nicknamer. The guy was an unbelievable president. I'm hearing hearing the demonstrators. uh, You know, I've been hitting the head again this week, and I hear the demonstrators from when Ronald Reagan was president. Ronald Reagan, you're no good. Go back to Hollywood. Yes. Oh, man. And and speaking of making up, uh, make up to break up, make up to break up, which is politics. Can you imagine me and Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo? Hey, Andrew, I know you're listening. I said to me, tu siu provienos facin. And like your father, you are. Can you imagine all of a sudden, oh, let bygones be bygones? No. Well, no, this is real. This is visceral. Can I imagine this it? This is hate. Yes, uh, that is true. It is real. It's visceral. It's hate. But can I imagine it? Yes. And is there a potential for that to happen? Could have been right here on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, you, <laughs> Miss, Mr. King David, who didn't even know there are Jews living in Starrett City. In the spirit of former coach Mo Finkelstein, the toughest Jew alive, the Thomas Jefferson High School field is right there. You had no idea there are Russian Jews living in no, Starrett City. I, I, I know they, you, you just nailed it, Russian Jews, uh, but still... The minority of folks in Starrett City are Jewish. Was that not true? Has it changed? Of course it's minority. the minority. Of course. But, but you're always the minority. What the hell have you ever been <laughs> well, the majority? Well, that's not true. Walk through Borough Park with the majority. Uh, well, wait a second. Hold on a second. That's changing ever so slightly. Soon, uh, but what's soon the, the Chinese will be the majority. Uh, well, there. you're right. Listen, why not? We see that in Bay Ridge. We see that in Bensonhurst. Oh, by the way, walking through Borough Park, you brought me back the memories of uh, Bay Parkway, McDonald Avenue, Washington Cemetery. Why is a Jewish cemetery named after George Washington? <laughs> right there, right? You're, you're, you're I know walking it. by. I know it. Yeah. They even have the new Russian uh, 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 burial grounds where they have their, their pictures on it. I love that. When they have a tomb with their pictures on it, you could say, oh, he looks so much better in death than he did in life. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to give you the righteous Gentile tour of Jerusalem. You know, I've been there three times. I don't know if time permits, but you've got to go to the King David Hotel. I know you're not staying no, there. No, we're going. We're going there. We are oh, going good, there. Good. Yes. And because that's the site where Menachem Begin, leader of Ergun, they called 30 minutes ahead to the Brits. That was their headquarters, 1946. They said, you better clear everybody out. We're going to blow it up at its foundations. And the British leader there said, we don't take orders from the Jews. And within 30 minutes, boom. No kidding. Yep. You got you got to visit that. Well, area. we're going to be there. We're going there. We're actually going one night. I, I can't tell you where we're staying or what night we're going to the King David for drinks. But that is on our plan. Oh, and then, one of our then you got to sit with the old Altachachas to know how Ergun Menachem Begin <laughs> was at war with Rabin, Ariel Sharon. And yes, Dr. Ruth Westside oh, of Haganah. Yes, who of was, Haganah. Still she alive. was in the studios with me and Bernard. Do you remember? Yes. Yes, and giving you uh, great advice, which you've used very effectively yes. with Danielle over the years. <laughs> well, I was warned before she came in not to talk sex with Dr. Ruth, and I said, but wait a second. That's all she talks. Right. 
They're like, no, 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 she's coming in. She's got some Holocaust thing going on. And First thing she, she says, she says, uh, Sid, I understand you have some pee-pee problems, right? <laughs> no, the first thing she said was, you're kind of cute. I'm being completely honest about this. She was like 91 years old, maybe four foot eight at the time. Hitting on you. Yes, hitting on me. And uh, so right off the bat, I'm like, what do you think about Conolingus? I swear to God, right off the bat. And uh, her people were a little upset, but she loved it. So wasn't she's never that, been back. Wasn't that the way. broadcaster, Cono or Cono? What, what was his name? <laughs> Wasn't that guy, remember, that stiff that used to be broadcasting for Imus in the morning? You're very be, uh, no, he's not a stiff. You're talking about Connell McShane? Whatever. That was such a waste of time, me listening. Come on. What the hell was that? And by the way, uh, in taking the righteous Gentile tour of Jerusalem, the old city, you got to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. All the Christians fight over it. We claim this is where Jesus was crucified and buried, and yet the Christians can't get along that they require a Muslim family to open Open it up in the morning and close it at night because none of the Christian factions can be trusted to be able to be fair and square with one another. You must. You must do this. I wish I were your tour guide, the righteous Gentile, and then the catacombs in the old city of Jerusalem. Oh, my God. You go back in time. It'll be great. You know, I love your enthusiasm for Israel. You have been there three times. And, and just like New York, where I believe nobody knows more about every borough, and I mean this, than you. You certainly know your Israel. But I know somebody who's been to Israel more than you, believe it or not, may not share the same enthusiasm, although he does certainly have enthusiasm. And he's a guy that you despise. Oh, wait, there's more. Is that Andrew Evilized Cuomo? Is that nope. him? No, nope. oh, it's Cuomo. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. That is oh, correct. He's the guy in front of big pocketed Jewish donors. You schmucks, you putz Jews. He said, Oh, when I retire, I want to retire in the Golan Heights. Said nobody retires in the Golan Heights. And then all of a sudden, there are your people going, oh, he's so, he's so friendly to the Jews. He's going to retire in the Golan Heights. Why didn't you ask him that question when you have him on and say, is it true, Eric Adams, you said that eventually when you retire, when you get out of jail, when all of a sudden you've done your federal time for political corruption, what? you're going to retire to the Golan oh, Heights? Oh, slow down, slow down. Uh, before you get to go on, when you do your time... For corruption? Now you've got the mayor going to prison? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's hit that sounder there, please. Let's hit it. Breaking news. WABC. Okay, now what do I do? You know, I always break the news on your show, Sid. I have a dilemma here. What do I tell the U.S. Attorney's Office from the Southern District, Damian Williams, not to unseal the indictment until you return from Israel. What indictment? What are you talking about? Against Eric Adams. What are you talking are about? You, are you so far in the dark? <laughs> Is your head so far up your tuchus that all you can see are your polyps up there? <laughs> what? Don't you know this is coming down the pipe? Well, well I kind of know it. I, I kind of know it because there's a, I guess, I received a text message this weekend. And I cannot say anything more than that. Was it from Hashem? Close. Yeah, actually, it was. And uh, <laughs> the Hashem that lives here. And and it pertains to somebody who about is uh, who's about as interested in this possible indictment as you are. And I scratched my head and wondered about the timing. Now, after what you just said, Curtis, it's starting to make. A whole lot of sense. 
Where are we exactly in this well, dream this, of yours? this is why I can do an intervention here. It, it would not be appropriate. You are in the Holy Land while your very dear friend Eric Adams is being arraigned and indicted in federal so court. So this is 100%. It's going to happen, Sid. Come well, on. Give me, say it's going to be 100%. 100% it's going to happen. 100%. In, and give me in a week, in two weeks. Well, it's dependent on whether you tell me <laughs> yeah. to tell the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District to hold off until you return. Well, it would be nice if I was here to help him out, me and uh, Fabian and the rest of the crew. So that would be well, very nice. this is nice the strategy. Me. This is the strategy. <laughs> and again, City Hall, I know you're listening, but your rats were with you at the groundbreaking ceremony in Ozone Park for a new mosque yesterday at about 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Eric Adams, you got so many rats who are eating the Parmesan cheese that I learned two things. Two things that you need to know, Sid Rosenberg, is that he is going to take the path of Bobby Menendez, the crooked U.S. senator in New Jersey, and Donald Trump. He is going to say, hey, indictments mean nothing. Go ahead, indict me. Go ahead, throw the book at me. I'm well, he still- is right about that. Even the great Alan Dershowitz said to me, and I quote, you could indict a ham sandwich. Wait a second. You're going to Israel and you're talking ham sandwiches. <laughs> what kind of a freaking <laughs> Jew are you? Fine. Okay, great. You can't indict a, you can indict a turkey Why sandwich. Why don't you have a BLT today while you're at it? <laughs> but anyway, the point is they've learned. They've said, look, Menendez will not step aside. And look, he's as guilty as the day is long. Trump has been, what, indicted 92 times. He's still running for president. He's doing better than ever before. I will use my complexion as my protection. I will say they can't do this to a righteous, Asiatic black man. They're not going to do this. We only had one black mayor, Dinkins, and now they want to take me down. And he'll play that fiddle like Nero uh, playing the fiddle while Rome burnt. And you'll be giving him tactical uh, air support. uh, I thought Eric Adams was the third black mayor. Uh, who was the second one? I, uh, there was somebody before Dinkins, I believe. Really? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I oh, don't know. Oh, wait, wait. Jimmy Walker, you're the black <laughs> Irish, the guy who used to have the five, maybe, $50,000 $50, worth of customized suits in his closet with all the flapper girls drinking <laughs> to the break of dawn. Yeah, he was black Irish. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I think so. Yes. So you understand. Wait, more. can I give you more breaking news? Sure. Oh, man, I'm really doubling it up. Please, more breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. WABC. Come on. All right, Sid Rosenberg, you got to join me this afternoon. I don't want you going to Aldo's where you would always get your slice in a Coke. Uh, Aldo's is uh, uh, persona non grata in terms of you going there on Pitkin Avenue and uh, Woodhaven Boulevard in it's the actually, Cross it's Bay. It's actually Pitkin, yes. You, oh, you got it? You, yes, yes, sir, it's um, Cross Bay. Altadana used to be there. That's where my enemies, the Gottis, would have 12-hour luncheons with John Santucci, the DA of Queens County. Well, you know your stuff. Every Sunday at 4 p.m., John Gotti would have dinner there. My friend Anthony Livrary and the whole crew. Yeah. So you're telling me that, well, I'm not going there anyway, because tonight, you don't know this, but I'm invited by our dear friend, the lovely Rosanna Scotto, Roseanne Scotto. Uh, she owns that restaurant, Fresco's. Oh, no, that means you're going to be there with the mayor, right? Tonight is the 30-year anniversary oh, God. of Fresco. Which I've been invited to again by Scotto herself. Yeah, the two metrosexuals will be there. The two peacocks <laughs> Wait, comparing their wardrobe. Of course he's going to go. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going anyway. Come on, you're going to go because you love to swap spit with him. And you're going to say, yo, Sleewood says, what should I do, Eric? You know, he wants, should I hold off the indictment, unsealing the indictment until I get back from the Holy Land, Israel? You know, it's my first trip. I don't want to have to talk about that when I'm in Israel. And by the way... You're going to be at Scottos, right, with all the trendoids, freakasoids, jet setters. 
Curtis Sliwa is going to be right across Bay Boulevard in front of New Park Pizzeria at 4 o'clock because... Now, all of a sudden, your friend Eric Adams yesterday announced to his colleagues, hush, hush, mush, mush, they want to turn Our Lady of Grace School's Auditorium, which hasn't been used in a while, the school was closed, closed a while back, into an emergency shelter for illegal aliens in Old Howard Beach at 159th Avenue. Join me, 4 o'clock, for a slice and a coke. I'm going to stop this if i got to get arrested on the steps of Our Lady of Grace. And go ahead, Sid Rosenberg. Swap spit with the metrosexual Eric Adams tonight and ask him, Oh, you like screwing the people of Howard Beach, Eric Adams? Remember, Sid, those are your peeps. It's a shunder. Don't go. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Tonight I'm gonna break away just to wait and see. I'll never be in prison by a faded memory. Just when I think I'm over her, this broken heart will mend. I hear her name and I have to cry, the tears come down again. It happens all the time, this crazy love of mine wraps around my heart. Refusing to unwind Ooh, crazy love Ah, count the stars So it's Saturday night the Ravens already beat Houston and Green Bay is playing San Francisco. I can tell you the exact score. The Niners had just scored a touchdown, Purdy to Kittle, to take a 7-3 to first quarter lead. And Danielle's got this friend, who's now a friend of mine, and he lives in Long Beach, not far from where Bernard, God rest his soul, used to live. And occasionally he's alone and he's an older guy. Occasionally we go out for dinner. Nice, friendly dinner, some good chat. So, for example, uh, about two months ago, we went to Jordan's Lobster House, because I love that place. Steve does a great job. Sully, my boy Sully, loves it there, Jordan's Lobster House. And then last month, I didn't go. Danielle and Alan went to some deli in Long Beach. But I promised Danielle I would go this Saturday. So he went to a place called Peter's Clam Bar. Very similar to me, to Jordan's. In fact, I think it's in Island Park, the same exact town that Jordan's is in. Very similar menu. Seafood, you know. 
And it was great. Great place. Very nice. I mean, freezing cold temperatures. You're right by the water. So not exactly packed like it would be on a summer night. But nevertheless, we had a good time. But the trip from my house in Bell Harbor to Island Park, because, we, you know, you go straight down the whole Rockaway deal. You know, you start in the hundreds, and you have to go down to basically one, get over that Atlantic Beach Bridge, and head towards Long Beach Island Park. It's about 40 minutes. So whenever we have a long drive in our car, we play the same radio station all the time. And it's music, and it is Yacht Rock Radio. We love Yacht Rock Radio. What can I tell you? That hits from the 70s, and that's my favorite music. So what happens is every time a song comes on that I like, it reminds me how much I like it, and it's almost like Pavlov. You remember the dog? He started to salivate as soon as he, as a, the, the bell, whatever it was, the food. I forget what it was. Well, you really explained it that what way. Was, uh, what, was, uh, what made that dog salivate? There was a conditioning program. That's right. What it was, it I don't was know, what made, but what made him salivate yeah, exactly? Okay. That's what I don't would, know. They would feed him feed every him time food. there was a bell. There you go. Right. I said the bell and the boot. Okay, but you're going yeah. rambling along. Because it's a did. perfect analogy. The Pavlov conditioning program is basically what I've done with you when I'm in the car listening to Yacht Rock Radio. Well, as the... soon as the song comes on, I don't salivate, I text you. Yeah, that's That's it. how you're... I've been conditioned. Yeah, you're conditioned. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're, and, and it becomes very annoying for you. I know it does. It doesn't annoy Not as much as the listeners are going to have. Well, you hate most of the songs yeah, that's because you're song. part of this uh, stupid and Bernie was the same way, this, like, stupid, I'm a manly man, and I don't like ballads, and Wrong. whatever, I don't know, it's dumb. Inaccurate. It is not inaccurate. It's inaccurate. What are you talking about? That's inaccurate. I liked a lot of the songs you sent me. No, you didn't. How do you know? Because you would say, ugh, oh, please shut it off, when are you going to be home, well, I'm I, begging you. When I hear eight in a row of them, I <laughs> no. just really want to take a rusty knife no, and no, no, no. You just arm. don't like it that much, because if it doesn't have some electric guitar, or somebody yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs, and by the way, my family's the same way. I get the same stuff from Danielle and Gabe, and they, they describe it like Bernie did as depressing. What's depressing? That's a depressing song. No, sit down. Crazy love is depressing. Did you? Were you listening to it, or were you salivating? You mean the like lyrics? The whole the song is. Depressing. Oh, you're out of your mind. There's nothing depressing about a nice slow song. What's depressing after a while is the headache I get from the same stupid electric guitar in every rock and roll song. It's okay. <laughs> right. It's okay every now and then to listen to a little Neil Diamond, Barbara Streisand, Barry Manilow, Yacht Rock Radio, Light FM. It doesn't make you less of a man. Did, Trust me. I did. I didn't. I did not infer that at all. That's exactly what you infer. No, it, you're I like did those not. Uh, the Wayne's World guys or Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that's exactly me. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Well, which one of those songs did you like that I sent you? I'm not going to say yet. Because you don't like any of them. No, it's because I don't want to scare See, the now listeners. you picked a great song this morning to honor Steve Perry's 75th birthday, Will in the Sky. But you easily could have picked Open Arms or Faithfully, any one of those songs. But those songs are, quote, unquote, too gay for you, right? No, say it. No. That's not the, not that's okay. not the pick that I All picked. Right. <laughs> I like Noam, do you know what I'm saying, Noam? I kind of understand what you're oh, saying. Oh, thank you very much. 
It's always like like REM has one ballad. When I ask him to play it, he, he it, it 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 literally makes him nauseous. He picks the worst track on the record. No, it's not the worst track. It's one of their best tracks, but it's a ballad. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Perfect Circle's a ballad. They've never played that song. <laughs> well, that's okay. What is never. that? Well, first of all, you are a musical genius. You could appreciate stations that never play songs. They're still good songs. I, exactly. Okay. It's just it's weird that on a record that is so great. Yeah. I, I heard you pick this song and i and it's but i like the other just, songs too i've never heard you t- say one other song superman that's not on that record what are you saying alec <laughs> you know Somebody has to help Sid. That's what he's drowning. The point is, so our REM songs, whether it's Superman or um, Shiny Happy. Well, I hate that Those song. Are all I hate songs. that song. They're all terrible yeah. songs. Not to follow me. Well, what's it called again? Uh, that's Genesis. Yeah, fall that's, on me. Fall, fall on me. <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody ring the bell for the <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Got, uh, so I, I sent him like 10 songs. So far, he's played one. Let's see how many we get in before we go to Israel. Uh, Rich Lowry's coming up next. I want you to have a safe trip. <laughs> Big 8 o'clock hour with John Katsimatidis and Steve Bannon. And then we... <laughs> the great Joe Beningo in the 9 o'clock hour. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews... I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am suspending my campaign. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Success, new sensation following Ron DeSantis' comments yesterday. Lewis, another, uh, well, this is um, a happy birthday to another dead guy. Yeah, dead a long time. My How long is he dead now already? Probably over 10 years, right? 1997. Oh, my God, he's dead that long? 97? He's dead 26 years? 27 years? Michael Hutchins, yes. Guy hung himself with his own belt in a closet trying to, I swear to God, tried to improve his orgasm. He thought if he, if he choked himself, his orgasm would be better, and the stupid bastard died. What a moron. Well, maybe it worked. Well, I guess it did. <laughs> hope, I hope it was really good, man. I hope that was really good. 
me. I mean, he didn't live to tell about it. Yeah, but I he guess it was great. You yeah. could have written a song about it if you lived. That's <laughs> yeah. ah, terrible. What a dumb bastard. God so, bless you, Mike. God bless, God God bless, bless you. this soul. So Ron DeSantis uh, called it quits yesterday, and... Um, I don't know how long I've been saying this for. I mean, I'm tired of patting myself on the back, but Bernard did it. Why can't I? How many times did I hear? I love when I get validated. I've been saying for months, this is no race. This is stupid. DeSantis and Haley, they're wasting everybody's time. The moment Trump set foot in East Palestine, Ohio, he was the Republican candidate for president. Bottom line, he showed everybody right then and there that he still loved and cared. After three and a half years of a great presidency, why would I take a chance on somebody who, you know what, maybe they'll be as good as Trump, considering Ron DeSantis has adopted all of Trump's policies. So with that said, here he is, the editor of the National Review, NBC Politico. He did it all, the great Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. I'm I'm extremely grateful because I finally understand the concept of Pavlov's dog. Yeah, yeah. After you explained it, <laughs> I'm I'm more confused than ever. I knew there was some type of conditioning reflex, and that's what happens to me when the song comes on. But I still have no idea what made that so, that dog salivate. I know what made Michael Hutchins salivate. <laughs> let, me, let me do one fit, football. Can I do a football yeah, comment before we get to yep. DeSantis? So let me no, let me ask you though is is it yeah. is it still too early to to call? <laughs> One quick thing. they got to change the rule where if you fumble through the end zone, the other team gets the ball. How does that make sense? You know, it, it didn't hurt the Chiefs. You know, they ended up winning anyway. But I hate that rule. Are you with me or, or no? No, I am, am I with you. It is too? stupid. I mean, if the guy loses control of the football, maybe you put him back at the 20-yard yeah. line or something. But to, to change possession when they didn't recover the fumble and they're about to score a touchdown doesn't make any sense to me either. No. It's yeah, not. so arbitrary. No, no, no look, you know, I was, I was thinking before before I, I got on, and, and you preempted me. I was like, all right, Sid was right. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have had the caucuses and primers. Yeah. Now, of course, you do have to have people actually actually vote, but this thing will, will very likely be over, um, you know, formally, more or less, tomorrow night. Uh, all indications are you know, the person who's surging has the momentum in New Hampshire very often wins, even if the polling doesn't pick it up. And, and Haley has had significant momentum. But the latest polling shows Trump with momentum in New Hampshire, so he could easily win by, by double digits, and then, and then she has nowhere to go. And I expect, even if she does what DeSantis did, which is, all right, I, you know, for, for a couple of days I'm going to put this implausible theory out there for why I'm going to continue, I think she'll, she'll drop in fairly short order as well. And, uh, and then, you, then you really get, get your wish, Sid, and it will really all be over. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Carol Markowitz yesterday, and Carol is a great writer for the New York Post and lived most of her life in New York, but she got tired during COVID of all the nonsense here, especially the DOE, and she left, and she moved to Boca Raton. She's very, very happy down in Florida, but I've been fighting with her privately for months about DeSantis. She was pulling the same thing that everybody else was. It's early. Look out. He's the real deal. You know, Trump is out of his mind. He's unhinged and all this nonsense, you know. And then when uh, when DeSantis dropped out yesterday, she texted me and she said, well, now you should be happy because DeSantis goes back to being the best governor in the country. <laughs> and I said, but yeah. I never argued that. He is the best governor in the country. He should stay being the best governor in the country because there's no guarantee he'll even be a decent president. And he never, ever competed. There's been no yeah, competition. So, so I, I hope Bernie will for, forgive me 
forgive me looking down on us because probably think that ba- that never bastard never Trump or Lowry. There he goes. But there was a period uh, um, where where Bernie was like, yeah, you know, he wouldn't say. He's like, um, uh, maybe I'm still a Trump, but it might be with DeSantis, you know. But that that was like six, you know, a year and a half before DeSantis got in, or or but as soon as he got in, before he got in, he started sliding. And you look at the polling, and it's just it's it's absolutely absolutely clear. Trump took back the vote, and DeSantis lost it. It was, it was all the same pool of voters, and that that just that trend held all year long. It yeah. just never stopped. And the DeSantis theory that Haley is going to lose New Hampshire, you know, she probably will and was going to lose South Carolina. Yeah, she probably will if she stays in that long. And then something was going to happen for him. You know, he was so stupid. One-on-one with Trump. So stupid. It was crazy. It was just, it was just crazy. He's I'm, got healing to do in Florida. Go be a good governor. Right. And maybe we'll see you in 28. You know, he... Um Look, he, he's, he's not a dumb guy. He's done some good things. And I know Bernard was excited after the parental act, and so was I. That's when mm-hmm. Tom Swazi came on and showed what a uh, two-faced jerk-off he is. That's what Mozzie Phillips to in that race. But, um, you know, he, he is a very good governor. He's got some great Republican conservative ideas. But whenever you talk to anybody as to why DeSantis never had a shot, ever had a shot, was there's no charisma. I mean, yeah. zero. He's got a good-looking wife. That's it. Yeah, so we've talked about this. He, he doesn't have it. He's never met it. If he were introduced to it, he'd shake its hand awkwardly and then turn away without making conversation. <laughs> he's just not – He's not. A, it's not just that he doesn't have charisma. He's not a relationship guy, um, which sometimes you can get over that if you're kind of a genius and things break the right way. You know, Richard Nixon was like that. But it's really, really hard, especially going uh, against Trump, you know. And, and it's not what he's doing all the time, but East Palestine, he goes to McDonald's or, you know, he hands out pizza. And it's cool. It's fun, you know. And there's just there was never any of that sense about DeSantis, and probably never will be, because it's this is just an innate thing. You either got it or you don't. All right, so DeSantis is uh, out of there. We're going to take a short break, bring back Rich Lowry in just a couple of moments, and talk about the one person which Rich did mention is left. Tell you one thing about Nikki Haley. Folks in her own state not even endorsing her in this race against Trump. That's all you need to know. More with the great Rich Lowry about New Hampshire and more. Right after this. Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. We just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. Having said that, it's now one fella and one lady left. Rich girl, and you're gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money, you can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. 
Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far. There it is, song number two from my trip to Long Beach on Saturday of Yacht Rock Radio. Rich girl, bitch girl, holding oats. Nikki Haley. Get back to uh, Rich Lowry, as he is every Monday doing a great job. You've gone through DeSantis and Trump. Here's Nikki Haley, and the conventional wisdom is she'll fare well in New Hampshire. She probably won't win, but she'll do well enough to continue to delude herself as if she matters. And then she'll stick around for South Carolina, her own state, where I must tell you that other very popular politicians like Nancy Mace and Tim Scott are endorsing the other guy, Donald Trump. So, yes, this morning, being that both Vivek and DeSantis quit after Iowa, it is down, as she said, to one lady and one guy. But, my God, at this point, I'm a Republican. She's annoying me. I've had enough, Rich. She's annoying me. Just band together. Uh, Trump is not the enemy. Joe Biden or Michelle Obama is. Am I making sense? <laughs> well, the the irony is that you know DeSantis and Haley were in this this war. You know, DeSantis w- went out of his way to take a shot at her, at her in his exit video because he hates her, totally hates her. But he, she sort of needed a zombie DeSantis in the race. Like, if New Hampshire's going to be close. Probably not, you know, but there could be an influx of independence that where she exceeds the polling and gets close. She would need DeSantis to be absorbing six, eight, whatever percent of the vote. That's probably now largely going to go to Trump. So she may be celebrating over it, but it doesn't help her. And even if she wins New Hampshire, which is unlikely, but it's going to be because of a huge influx of independence because it's a more moderate electorate than, than elsewhere. And you don't replicate that anywhere else. You know, so there's, there's no place else to go. Even if she wins New Hampshire, she'll go to South Carolina and lose handily. So it's, it's done. You know, she, DeSantis was a dead man walking. She's a dead woman walking. She's overperformed. You know, she ran a much better campaign than DeSantis, which is one of the worst campaigns on record. But that doesn't change just the facts and what's going to happen here. What about Joe Biden? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's still the president, obviously, and he's got uh, a lot going on, much of which he caused, maybe not directly, but he was certainly certainly impactful in a lot of the issues going on uh, in the world today. He's just kind of sitting there, and, you know, every person I speak to, almost everyone outside of you, says he ain't going to run. And uh, the Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom rumors are getting louder and louder. Again, Roger Stone told me on this show, we'll be back tomorrow, that about two weeks ago, Obama met with Biden at the White House and said, you're done, it's over. I know you don't tend to believe that, but at any rate, either way, what is he doing these days to convince (laughs) Obama or the Democrat Party that he should stick around? Well, I, I just I just think leveraging him out of the White House, assuming he doesn't want to go. If he wants to go, you know, it, yeah, but I, I don't think he wants to go. Well, but, but they may say, well, listen, we, we, got, we got you here. Whether you want to go or not doesn't matter, Joe. You, you, you got here because of us. You can celebrate the fact you were the 46th president of the United States because of us. So if we got you here, we want you to leave. That's it. Well, uh, I, I, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, I, I would think he has to have a health event or want to go himself. 
for some reason. And, and the, the big thing coming down, like the uh, with, with regard to Republicans and their relationship with Biden, said down the pike here. Maybe this week is some sort of border deal. And uh, you know, my my folks on Capitol Hill are saying it's close, and this will be a big decision. You know, the Senate will cut some deal. Trump's going to say, "Don't don't do the deal." You know, let let Biden just marinate in his failure on the border. There are other Republicans going to say, "Look, we we've made a big deal of this, and and you know, said we need changes, and here changes." Um, but the the border is like the, the I wrote a piece about this over the weekend. It, it's it's the, the the worst act of political self harm like in our lifetimes. He instantly created this crisis. He's denying it's a, a crisis. He could instantly stop it or make it better just by returning to Trump policies, and he won't do it. And what was the biggest issue in, in Iowa? We talked a lot about how indictments fell Trump. It was immigration. And why is it immigration? Because yep. Biden's doing this. And this is something that, that Trump, you know, he pledges to do a lot of stuff in 24 hours. He's not ending the Ukraine war in 24 hours. But this problem will stop in 24 hours because instantly people will be scared to come because this crazy guy is back in the White House. And then they'll start coming again and they'll have to reinstitute these policies, which you know may take some time. But this is the one thing where the contrast is starkest, where you know you got an open border now and you get a secure border uh, with Trump. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a top level issue. It's right up there with the economy and foreign affairs. Yeah, maybe number one. In fact, I had Nancy Mace on the show just, uh, just last week and people like Mace and Gates, these folks, uh, they're not going to okay any deal that does not put the border and big-time money for the border first. And uh, I'm not sure what Johnson is going to do. The reason they got rid of McCarthy is he was all too willing to work with both sides, and they expect Johnson not to be that guy. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case or not, but I can tell you right now that Nancy Mace and Gates and those folks, uh, much like Donald Trump, they'd rather do no deal at all. They'd rather shut down the government than, um, than not get a deal done on the border. That is a very, very good deal for the Republicans and Americans. As always, Rich Lowry. Great job. Sorry. Awesome. Thanks, Sid. Thank you very much. You can laugh at me next week for saying, well, maybe something will happen in New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) It's very likely not going to. (laughs) I'm not going to laugh at you. You're great. Come on. There he is, the editor of the National Review, NBC Political, all of it. He's a great Monday morning guest. My friend Rich Lowry, big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. John Katzimatidis and Donald Trump's right-hand man, Mr. War Room himself, Steve Bannon. Katz and Bannon coming up next hour. In the morning. From my friends. 77 WABC.
only the young, another classic by Journey. Happy 75th birthday to the former lead singer of Journey, one of the all-time classic rock and roll voices, Steve Perry, only the young. And before I get to my dear friend John Katsimatidis, uh, they used this song. Joe Vitale, they didn't write it for the movie. They used this song in a movie. And I'll give you two people that were in the movie. Let's see if you guys can get it. Matthew Modine and Madonna. Any um, any guess, Lewis? Well, we've gone through this before. Yes. And now I forget the title of the movie. The movie starts, he's jogging. It's in his, where he's a wrestler, right? Correct. And he's jogging in his gray sweatsuit. The song is playing. Madonna was in it because she performed Crazy For You in a bar. And that's a great song. That's a great song, too, yes. The name of the movie was Vision Quest. Okay. There you go. Right. All right. John Katzimatidis was just down in St. Petersburg, the tallest tower. On the west coast of Florida, this beautiful, posh, just gorgeous building where I may retire. I don't know if God allows me to. It's so beautiful. He was there, and uh, he's back in New York for his show this morning. Here he is, Mr. Red Apple Media, the host of not one but two great shows, starting with Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon, and that great show Sunday mornings at 8, the Katz Roundtable my dear friend, the great John Katzimatidis. John, good morning, buddy. How are you? Uh, good morning, Sid. Uh, how about the third show? Is it going to be me or uh, Curtis fighting it out with Wiener? Well, that's a good question. Now, if you're asking me, and you know how much I love Curtis. In fact, I love him so much, I put him on this show with your blessings every weekday. So I love Curtis. But the truth is, him and Wiener got a little too comfortable for me. I want to hear somebody take Anthony's head off. That's the idea of it. The guy on the left, the guy on the right. So based on prior performance, if I'm going to be honest, deservedly, you should get that show. Well, I, you know, that, that'll make me be working seven days a week. I mean, I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I feel like you work seven days a week anyway. I can't imagine between the 90. And I know you promoted your son and... What a great choice that is. He's such a wonderful, smart, great kid, John Jr., to uh, the president now and uh, the CEO of all the operations. But I feel like with all your businesses, John, that you basically work seven days a week anyway, no? Uh, you know you know, you know something? It doesn't feel like work if you enjoy what you're doing. I, I That I believe, and I feel the same way four hours a day right here working for you at this radio station. But I did see a headline about you that surprised me. I'll tell you why. You never left New York. You're never leaving New York. You were on the show about a month ago. I said, John, you have plenty of money. You're in your 70s. You and Margot could retire to any place you want, from St. Petersburg, Florida, to Greece. And you said, I'm never leaving. Yet the headline that I read out of a Florida paper yesterday said this. New York developer prefers to spend his next billion down here. And, of course, they're talking about that beautiful St. Petersburg building. But when they say you prefer to spend your money in Florida rather than New York, is that it really true? Mean, uh, it, it doesn't mean I'm leaving New York. But, I mean, uh, how do you build in New York City now with all the, the crazy restrictions that they're putting on? Uh, we're building a, a, a building in New York right now, Sid. In Manhattan, you ready for this? They want they want us to do electric heating, electric uh, electric everything, electric uh, 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 
what, what, what was it, Margo? I, I mean, Meeting the elevators. The, the elevators. Oh, yeah, yeah, electric yeah. cooking. Electric cooking. Electric icebox. Electric Come on. everything. No gas. If the grid goes down, guess what? You're living in a jungle. God forbid you have an electric car. You're, you're going nowhere. And, and, and I think that they should be, you can't force people to have electric cooking if they don't want, if they want gas cooking. You shouldn't force people to have electric everything. So, I mean, I've told my people that I, if I knew that it was electric everything, I would have built the building. Wow. See, that goes back to, though, I mean, look, you've got a relationship. It doesn't matter whether it's friendly or just a working relationship. But, John, you've got a relationship with the governor, Kathy Hochul, and other legislators and lawmakers here in New York. And, you know, you're another guy, big-time guy, billions of dollars. They need your taxpayer money right here in New York. And you start getting pissed well, off. You spend you it elsewhere. you're moving, you know what you do. You move out of New York for 181 days a year. Right. Uh, whether you're living, uh, whether you're living in Aspen, or whether you're living in Florida, or whether you're living in New York, if you're not in New York 181 days a year, you don't pay the taxes. Is that so right? If they're gonna, yeah. And, and if and what happens is they're going to force more people to run to run out. Uh, in in I, we had on the show the other day uh, Paul Zuber from the uh, where is he from the New York State uh, Business Council and. Since nineteen, since not nineteen, twenty nineteen, five hundred twenty-five thousand people have moved out of New York, with the average uh, wages of five hundred thousand a year. Now, how long can you keep your budget going if you keep losing uh, people like that? No, there's no question. I mean, look, I spent, uh, I lived down in South Florida for 16 years. I lived in Boca Raton. What was funny was my pay, my salary was actually my salary because they didn't take out any state tax. Here in New York, you make a salary. The truth is you're lucky to take home 50%. Down there, you make what you make. And, you know, the weather is the, great. The truth is yeah. nobody makes any money in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you're right about that. You're right. And there is one. I will say this, too, because the weather is great. And, uh, you know, there's not a bunch of homeless all over the place, and it's much cleaner. That is all true. But here's where you're right, John. The idea that Florida's lifestyle is cheaper is not necessarily true. In fact, I spend more money at Publix than I do at Christie's. How about that? Wow. Uh, and and uh, I'll tell you the other thing. Florida is great for three days, four days. But you know, especially in the summer, you can't you can't spend time down in Florida. Oh, no, no, I agree. No, listen, I I came the other now, way. What is this? Did you see the, the uh, headlines in Rockaway? What's happening? Which one? <laughs> Which one? They're building. They're building. What are they building? A wave pool in uh, in uh, uh, Rockaway that's supposed to be uh, phenomenal. I don't know about it. No, I have no idea. I mean, I, uh, most of the stories in Rockaway have been so negative between the migrant crisis, John, and, and King's Plaza and Brooklyn and Queens. So that's a good thing you're telling me. That's a good thing. I'll send you the story. I'll send you. But here's a story. Uh, but meanwhile, here, I tell yeah. you, Florida, we had weather down in Florida that was very bad this weekend. It was 40 degrees in the morning. We had to figure out how do you, how do you turn on the heat 
Oh my in God. a Florida hotel. That's funny. You're right. I know it only hit about 60 for the high. But it was still about 40 degrees warmer than it was here. But I want to get yeah. to this story. You and I talked about this story a couple of weeks ago. I was fascinated by this. And it goes back a couple of years, John. Our mutual friend, Anthony Scaramucci, spent the last couple of weeks in Davos. And talked about the World Economic Forum's chairman. Uh, worried that uh, we're not that far away with New Hampshire coming up tomorrow and, and most of our discussions on this station now, if it's not about the city of me going to Israel, is about Donald Trump. But we're not that far away from AI replacing real elections. And you sent me a text and said, do you believe this? And the more I read into it, the scarier it is that we're actually getting close to that day. Do you believe that? Well, let me tell you something. The Democrats uh, are coming out with, they're very smart people. A lot of, well, there's a lot of smart people on both sides, but the Democrats come up with a, a lot of innovative statements. Now, this AI, all it is, AI is only as intelligent as the programmer that programs it. So the question is, someday, if we're depending on AI too much, and they, and false information goes in from one of the large AI uh, uh, inputters. How do you prevent the? How do you ever get the truth again? Right. No, it's true. You're right. It's uh, it's and you're also right that it's only as smart as the humans who actually develop that. But that uh, that can make it pretty damn smart. I want to go back to the city for a second. You talked about all these folks that are moving out of here, John, and a lot of them making upwards of a half a million dollars. Most of them, which is a real issue for New York City. You're still here in New York City. You heard the we both had Mayor Eric Adams on last week. The same day, same day. So he's on. He's told his side of the story. Hochul been on this station. Cuomo seemingly is on his way back. What are your thoughts about the near future here in New York City? Is there reason for hope, or do you think that the uh, the people leaving will continue? Well, right now, Hochul got very high ratings this morning uh, as far as uh, uh, the polls are concerned, because they think that, that she, uh, the budget she passed was better than uh, a lot of people expected. Uh, my number one thing in New York is crime. Uh, we want to get the, the we want to have people walk around feeling safe. And, you know, remember, you, you, we both live in Manhattan or you lived in Manhattan, too. And you walk around at, at night uh, and the restaurants were great and, and, and the feelings were great. The, the CVS's, uh, Dwayne Reed's were open up to. The 24 hours a day or to midnight, you can go shopping, you can go shopping in the supermarkets. It's not happening right now. We're going backwards. So we have to reverse. You know, and you know what I said to the governor, and I said it to the mayor, too. I said uh, the police commissioners in the past have told me uh, that uh, uh, there's 3,300 violent criminals that we should get off the streets and New York will go back to where it was. So... Why are the politicians pushing for the 3,300 criminals? Hmm. Why, how about the eight, eight and a half million citizens that pay the taxes and want to live a, a peaceful life? Right. I mean, nobody understands that. Nobody. And now Eric Adams is having a fight with the, um, the city council. And uh, uh, they're saying, wait, you know. Why do you want the police officers to fill out 
paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Every time, if you walk up to a police officer and ask them a question, you have to fill out paperwork about it. <laughs> the criminal goes away. Yeah. The, the, the police officer is still filling out paperwork. And they're going to they're gonna kill the police officers with paperwork. That way, they, the more crime, there will be more crime in the streets, and they don't have time. They'll be filling out paperwork. Otherwise, they lose their jobs. And they don't have time to, to, to correct the crimes. Jeez. Yeah, that is, uh, this is one instance, and you're right, it's a major story. It's on today's, uh, the cover of today's New York Post, John. Uh, this is uh, a time where I absolutely agree with Mayor Eric Adams, but then again, I almost always, always disagree with the city council, so there's no great shock there. Hey, back now, let's see if this is a game between, uh, uh, that is being played, yeah. because if the right thing is not done for New York, more people are going to move. Right, and they're going to move to St. Petersburg. So if I if I go online right now and take a look at this beautiful, beautiful building, again, the tallest tower on the west coast of Florida, that whole area between Tampa, St. Pete, and Clearwater is gorgeous. Trust me, I know it very, very well. So it's a the beautiful place. The best beaches place. in the world, you said. I agree. No, they are up there, certainly and, up there. In the Gulf, in, in the Gulf on the western part of Florida, is 10 degrees warmer than the ocean. How about that? I didn't even realize that. So for folks who are interested or want to take a look at this building, are are, are you selling units yet? What's the deal with that? Oh, yeah, we've been selling. We're over 60% sold, just about 60% or over 60% sold, and we're selling too cheap. And that's what I yell. I, mean, I went down there to yell at our people about. I mean, we're, 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 we're selling uh, one-third the price of Naples. Wow. It's, and uh, you know what? It's every bit as nice as Naples. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I think that the uh, the apartment, the, the lease rental price on your beautiful apartment on the ocean in Coney Island, another beautiful residence, I think that's too cheap. How about that? Well, I'll tell you, you <clears throat> what was the joke we were telling? You breathe in that ocean air and you're going to live 10 years longer. But you want to know something? I really believe that. I do, too. That's why I've uh, spent the last two years of my life fixing my house every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I could live two blocks from the ocean, but whether it's Ocean Drive, that's a gorgeous, well, gorgeous. Why is your Why is your roof leaking? I mean, who was the who was no, the it's, contract? It's not the roof. Actually, we uh, the guys that advertise on this station, Gunner Roofing, they showed up and uh, they did all kinds of work for us for for uh, just to help us out. And uh, it is not the roof. It turns out my brick on the outside of the house needs pointing. And that becomes a, a huge job, John, as you know. Brick pointing is a big, big deal. So that's where we're at. It has nothing to do with the roof. The roof is brand new. They're great on a roofing. It's the bricks on the outside that have separated over the years, and there are holes in between the separation, and that's allowing the water to get in. It's a disaster. Uh, <laughs> how do you say ug? Uh, ug is perfect. Just leave it like that. <laughs> I, I had to have my beach house uh, uh, winterized because I wanted to be able to go there in the winter. And that's, it's a big shot. It is. Oh, the one in the Hamptons, you mean? Yes. Yes. That's yeah, beautiful. All right. So listen, are you, um, on the way out here, another great, great conversation. I'm glad you're home. Are you excited or are you nervous as the man that owns this station and has become Mr. Media in New York City? Your morning show host is on his way to Israel. What is the emotion John Katzmatidis is experiencing right now? I bought extra life insurance. <laughs> That's the answer. Perfect answer. <laughs> oh, hey, my, my number one instruction is to stay safe. <laughs>
Thank you very much. We will. We will. And thank you for your blessings on this. I think it's going to be great for WABC, which always comes first as a station. I know everybody's excited about it. I played songs this morning that Vinnie Madugno and Joe Piscopo sang for me over the weekend. I'll play them again. So thank you for everything, and um, we'll see you later on this afternoon on the fifth floor, buddy. Thank you so much. I love you. Take care. Take care, John. There he is, the great John Katzenmatidis, host, of course, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon alongside Rita Cosby, Katz and Cosby, and his great Sunday morning show, 8 a.m., Katz Roundtable. All right. Steve Bannon going to join us, and then WFAN legend Joe Beningo. On a wild NFL weekend, lots more to do. Some more Steve Perry and Journey on your Monday morning. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Birthday today, but we've been over this story how he died. <laughs> Moron. Would have been 64. 64. Thank you, Lewis. You know, it just occurred to me these two big football games coming up this weekend, the two championship games, and this is a great weekend for football. The Ravens, of course, hosting Kansas City, and the 49ers hosting the Lions. Alec, I don't see how we see these games. I mean, you definitely can't. You'll be in the air all day. Oh, yeah. Does LL have TVs like uh, JetBlue? Um, that I don't. Um, I don't exactly recall. But uh, either way, I'll get in and I'll watch on my phone. Yeah, because I'll be I'll be on the ground in Israel earlier than you guys, yeah. so I can see it. Uh, assuming, of course, that Yehuda Hanukman is going to find me some restaurant or bar in Jerusalem because I want. I certainly want to see the Ravens and Chiefs for sure. Yeah, you'll be able to watch it. They got that. They got that in Israel. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. I don't know because, I, you know, I've, I've been to Europe so many times. I can't tell you how annoying I was to Danielle trying to find a Met Dodger game well, in Italy, in France, in yes. London, 
And all, all they have is that, that horrible soccer game. That's that, it. That's a and re- nobody yeah. wants to watch that. But that's a regular season baseball game. You get 162 of those. This is the, this is the AFC championship game. So that's a bigger deal? Yeah. So if I went to Paris again, for example. You, they would have that on TV in Paris, yes. You no feel, chance. Yes, yes. Zero. Yeah. No. Okay. 100%. All right, so I'm going to be able to see the games. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. Hey, don't forget, uh, coming up this afternoon from 4 to 7, join my dear friend Curtis Sliwa at a place I'm at often, New Park Pizza. You say, why would that be the case? Because my tanning salon, <laughs> swear to God, New York Sun Club, is right across the street. So oftentimes I go for a tan, see my guy Mike, and get a slice or two at New Park Pizza. <laughs> get tan in a slice. <laughs> Stop City Hall from turning our Lady of Grace Auditorium into an emergency shelter for the migrants. Join Curtis Lewa. I could see his handwriting. No, she writes paper. <laughs> Hilarious. I may go to that. Again, I've been invited by the Rosanna Scotto. I love her. Of course, uh, Good Day in New York, we had a combo, her and Kurt Menefee. But anyway, she invited me tonight to her restaurant, Fresco's, to celebrate a 30-year anniversary. But I I can only imagine the guest list. I know, without saying names, I expect who's going to be there. And it it just, talking over in my head, it just sounds awful. So, All right, so don't go. I don't think I'm going to go. Okay. Wow. I love Rosanna Scotto, and I love Fresco, but I'm... I'm trying to figure out in my head who's going to be there. So don't come. It's going to be a bunch of housewives and yeah. politicians like Cuomo. And it actually sounds like a really easy no. Like a really it easy does, no. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know why you're thinking about it. I don't know. Hey, talking about Israel, so um, I reached out this weekend to our folks, our music radio folks. I reached out because I'm a programming genius, you know? Yeah. I should really be the morning show host and the program director, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> right. So, um, Chad and John do a great job. Yeah, you'd enjoy that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I would rip some ass in this place. Oh, you'd be here until 5 o'clock every day. Well, that's why I, would, I wouldn't do it. Okay, right, got right. it. Not even for money. Right. So, I, um... What do you need? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, please. Go call Lou. So, I reached out to Vinnie Madugno. I reached out to Joe Piscopo and Orlando today to uh, sing, if they would, some of the great Jewish traditional songs. And I said I would play it. On the show this week leading up to our Israel trip, and you would get promotion because Music Radio doesn't get a lot of promotion during the week, especially on this show. And everybody wants to be on Sid's show. So they loved the idea. They loved it, and they all did it. They all did it. I played Vinnie Madugno earlier. We'll play his stuff all week long. But here's Piscopo. I said, Joe, if you can, <laughs> take an old traditional Jewish song and do it as Sinatra because Joe has that great Sinatra show every Sunday night. And he did it. Sent the video, too. So here he is, Joe Piscopo, doing his best Jewish traditional songs. Joe Piscopo wishing Sid Rosenberg the best on his trip to Israel. God bless you, Sidney. I love you, man. You are brave. You are valiant. And God bless on your trip to the Holy Land. And for you, if Frank Sinatra ever sang... A Jewish traditional song. Let us rejoice. Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Venesmecha, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Hava, Nagila, Venesmecha. 
Love you too. So there's a uh, Joe Piscopo adding the old doobie doobie doo to the oh my god classic humming. Oh but you got to see the video because me and Justin oh watched the video god. this morning. He's got the you know the whole thumb thing going. Oh. You know the whole snap. Kukaruchi koo doobie doobie doo. Great job out of a Joe Piscopo. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. is a must-listen great podcast every week. Goody Donald Trump's right-hand man, and we are lucky enough to have him every Monday. Big one today, day before New Hampshire. Here he is, the brilliant, my friend Steve Bannon. Steve, good morning, buddy. How are you? Morning, Sid. How you doing? I'm doing great. I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday. We were watching something, and um, it was about the end of the Jimmy Carter reign. We all know how bad that was, but specifically the hostages in Iran. And we know, of course, that... Once Iran started to figure out that Ronald Reagan was coming, it all ended. Somebody said to me with my wife yesterday, they said, you know, do you think that if Trump is um, on his way to winning this, that some of this stuff will stop, that some of the people around the world right now that are taking advantage of a very weak White House, much like the Reagan effect on Jimmy Carter, will start to get nervous because Trump is about to take over and he's going to bomb the shizzle out of you. Do you think Trump could have that effect on Biden like Reagan did on Carter? You know, back in those days, I was a young naval officer on a destroyer in the North Arabian Sea in the Persian Gulf. My, uh, We were in the Pacific Fleet and got called over the day that they took the hostages. And we were all – my destroyer was a plane guard for an aircraft carrier and a carrier battle group. We did the workup wow. for that failed assault. Um the uh, 100%, I think actually it may play a little differently. I think you may see more intensity of, uh, of combat, understanding they want to get as territorially as much as possible, right? Control the Red Sea uh, lanes, uh, even hammer uh, Israel more. I think the Sharia supremacists, both in, uh, in Tehran and in Qatar, 
right, understand that when Trump comes back, it's a new sheriff in town. So I think we, I think it's going to be much more turbulence uh, and uh, a lot more turbulence than you saw in the late 70s, early 19, 1980 uh, in the run up to President Reagan, where they actually cut the hostage deal to bring everybody home. So I I, uh, I will tell you, th- those uh, carrier battle groups in the Red Sea right now, I think, are even more exposed than they ever been done. And that's why I think the House of Representatives has to force Biden to come to the House of the War Powers Act. Before you talk about any of this money to Ukraine, they have to come with a plan. What exactly is the plan here from the South China Sea to Ukraine and the Middle East? Because right now we're fighting on a number of different fronts, shoveling money in everywhere, putting resources. You have American kids in harm's way in in Iraq right now taking income. The Persians are on the march everywhere, right, every one of their proxy armies. So, Sid, I would tell people, hey, I think it's going to be very different when President Trump gets there. But you've got uh, seven or eight months of real mm. turbulence here mm. in a kinetic war. I agree with you. I do think in the short term it's going to get worse, and to your point, a lot worse. But I'm hoping as we draw very close to that November date that maybe then they start to back off. But you're right. I think they will absolutely try to get it all in, you know, get it all in now while this feckless guy is still in office now. What I pride myself on, Steve, is that I'm not this overwhelmingly brilliant uh, political guy. I'm not Sean Hannity or one of these guys that have done this forever. I was a sports talk guy, regular guy, you know, and and I think I speak to the regular guy every day, and that's why I'm successful. So when you mentioned that act, the war act you just mentioned moments ago, that raised an eyebrow for me. He said, hey, wait a second, maybe that's a good idea if Biden did that, but you have to assume at least that a portion of my audience has no idea what that act really is. So if you would explain it, uh, I think the audience will come to realize what a brilliant suggestion by you that really is. They passed years and years ago because they felt presidents were getting too, uh, basically too, too beyond the Constitution in, in, in getting us into wars, right? That they had, they passed something called the War Powers Act, which is quite controversial in itself. But it's essentially to force the president before you make uh, commitments. In fact, before you heard the War Powers Act mentioned last week, before he actually uh, sent uh, rockets and missiles into into uh, Yemen to, to fight the uh, Persian Revolutionary Guard and the Persian proxy armies down there uh, called the Houthis. Uh, that actually that's a violation of presidential authority, and you have to uh, you have to actually come to Congress. Uh, so it's a it's an act that makes the president go to Congress and asking for money or the commitment of troops <clears throat> to actually lay out the plan, and Congress votes on it. Remember, the House of Representatives really has the power. On, uh, on declaring war, the framers of the Constitution gave the House, based upon the House of Commons, virtually most of the important powers, the power to tax, the power to spend money, the power to go to war. And they wanted that separate from the Senate and separate from the executive branch So because that was closest to the people. These congressmen come up for reelection every two years, and the people, it's the, it's the place where they wanted the heated conversations to be, just like in Commons. Not the, the Senate was more like the House of Lords. The House of Representatives more like the House of Commons. They wanted the power really to be with the people, and they wanted it to be in, uh, in, the, in the House of Representatives. And, and what the House has done is basically this is the disaster with Johnson last week. They refused to take the power of the purse and use it as a leverage point to yep. force Biden to the table on the yep. southern border. Yep. The House has tremendous power. And they, and they refuse to use it, the, the, both the power here about stopping Biden from getting us into another kinetic war and also the power to cut Biden off of any funding and force him to the table and actually shut down 
is illegitimate regime. You know, in the next 60 seconds, uh, I want to wrap up this conversation about Biden. Then we'll get back to Trump and DeSantis and Haley. But, you know, I told you, by the way, nothing was going to happen to Lloyd Austin. I think you knew that, but that's just the way it works. Democrats break laws, break rules, and uh, we, we tell everybody about it, but nothing happens. There's no repercussions. So here his uh, secretary of defense goes missing. I mean, goes missing. And then, as you said, he doesn't get Congress's approval on the uh, retaliating at the 26 tries, by the way, by them, uh, 26 uh, attacks, I should say, against the Houthis. So you look at the last couple of weeks for Joe Biden, he's done some flat-out uh, illegal stuff, stuff that at the very least should have him called to the carpet. And yet I hear very little about Joe Biden. Why is that? Because you have a bunch of feckless people in the House of Representatives. You don't have many Matt Gates that will call him out. Uh, and that's what I think. They're all very concerned. The donors all t- – this is why Nikki Haley, we'll talk about the next session, is even a thing. Because the donor class, of which you know Nikki Haley is coming to Manhattan on the 30th of January to have a huge donor uh, you know, uh, uh, fundraising, where she's going to raise tens of millions of dollars, it's, it's continued to fight against pre- President Trump with her globalist uh, neoliberal neocon policies. Uh, you don't. Have, you have people that the consultants tell them, "Oh, don't get involved here. Just let Biden do his thing. We can win. In, we can win in November. Just let go." That's the opposite of what they should be doing. They should be calling out Biden every second, forcing people like Austin and these others that are breaking the law to come before the House. That's people are thirsting for leadership right now, and the House of Representatives could do a tremendous job if they just stepped into it and did their jobs. We are down to one male and one female. That's it in terms of this Republican primary winner. We've been down to one male for months. <laughs> but for some reason, these people continue. And, of course, for Haley, it's all about money. So we'll take a short break. We'll come back. We will continue the conversation with my friend, and he is brilliant, folks, Steve Bannon, Bannon's War Room. You can't miss that. A great podcast every week. More with the great Steve Bannon right after this. in the morning 77 WABC nine oh three on your Monday morning day before New Hampshire and we're fortunate to get Steve Bannon on every week I don't know how we did it but we did it well I saw him at the gala Gavin Wax's gala and uh, we met for the first time and it was love at first sight for me I don't know I love the guy and I am compel all of you which you already do I'm sure you do to uh, check out his War Room podcast every week. He's back with us, Steve Bannon. You know, Steve, it's funny at this point, and it's not at this point because I've been very, very adamant for months, as I told you, back to East Palestine, Ohio, that Trump was going to win and that none of these people, whether it was DeSantis or Haley or Scott, certainly not fat, stupid Chris Christie, would pose any threat ever. And, uh, well, that turns out to be the case. I turned out to be right. You know, at this point, I basically view Nikki Haley as a Democrat. <laughs> what about that, Steve? I think you're 100% right. I think she is a moderate to center-left uh, Democrat. 
Listen, we spent or wasted, I should say, $250 million in this charade, this fiasco. That money, a quarter of a billion dollars that's been used in you know, Iowa. And I think $150 million spent in Iowa. Hundred million spent elsewhere, and Haley's going to continue on if she gets, you know, if she can fog a mirror after tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, she, the donors will keep her, will keep her going. Um, it's a waste. We haven't spent a, a, all that could have been spent on voter integrity, on securing the vote, on get out the vote, on the logistics President Trump needs to take the House, the Senate, governorships, state legislatures, all of it, and to drive him to a forty-state victory. This is outrageous what the donor class has done, and they've got their perfect vessel. And, and you know, people should not lose the fact, Sid, that last week in Davos, the Davos elite essentially surrendered to MAGA and to Trump. Jamie Dimon's on CNBC with his big Davos interview saying that, hey, MAGA's not bad. We've got to quit demonizing MAGA. We've got to quit calling these people the deplorables. These are the best people in the country. This is the backbone of the country. Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of, right. of J.P. Morgan and a Trump hater right. from way back. And, and when Jamie Dimon's taking the knee at Davos and all the Davos elite are sitting there saying, we, we're uh, resigned to the fact that Trump is coming back. We're resigned to the fact that the MAGA movement is ascendant in the United States of America. And we're sitting here, uh, you're covering and I'm covering today, New Hampshire, the great folks in the Granite State, the live free or die state. And all we're having is Nikki Haley, who is a globalist. President Trump called her out right now, right last night at that rally. She's nothing but a globalist. We're, we're the same neoliberal, neocon policies that have been rejected, rejected by everybody. And I would have people go see Kevin Roberts, Dr. Kevin Roberts, amazing address at Davos where he got in their face. And he told them exactly what had failed. And he told the Davos guys, you're the problem. Well, they're the problem. And MAGA and Donald Trump are the solution. And here we are. We're going to waste more time and money and give CNN more opportunities and MSNBC more opportunities. Or she's going to come to Manhattan on the 30th. And Henry Kravis, all these fat cats, all these billionaires who are not taxed like they should be taxed. They're going to sit there and see her as their vessel. We're going to go to South Carolina. This charade is going to continue on just yep. to hammer President Trump and to draw, you know, put out there. Well, he's not quite as mentally sharp as he used to be. You know, he's going to end up in jail. They got they, Since they can't beat him at the ballot box, they need to try to do everything else. And Nikki Haley's a vessel for that. She That's is. And, and like you, in October of 18, before the midterm elections, yep. you know, she resigned four weeks in advance. I was in London giving a talk at Bloomberg. And the guy asked me live, what do you think? And I said, she's ambitious as Lucifer. This woman is not to be trusted. She's never to be trusted. And right now you're seeing the charade propelled on by the networks, by the New York Times, and by the big donors. Why Steve Bannon's the best. You cannot get a better summary than that. And she's going to keep this going. Like you said, don't forget, South Carolina is a month away. I mean, you got another month of this after New Hampshire Super Tuesday it's not until March the 5th, so this can go on for another four or five weeks. But you know what's funny, Steve, is uh, when Ron DeSantis finally begged out yesterday, our guy Trump goes out there and he says the nicest things. DeSantis is a great guy. I love his wife, Casey. He ran a great campaign. I'm honored by his endorsement literally 24 hours after he blasted the guy. And that's fine. That's what Trump does. That's why he wins. But people are saying, what is he going to say about Nikki Haley when she begs out? Will he have? Will he say the same things? Will he even consider her as a VP choice? How does it end for Nikki Haley since it ended so nicely for Ron DeSantis? Well, I think DeSantis, even in his uh, his leaving, hammered Haley 
and said, hey, her policies are the policies that have failed. He did. It's the old Republican Party, and they failed. President Trump's just a very classy guy, as you know, Sid. That's why he does this. But Nikki Haley, he once again reiterated yesterday that Nikki Haley will not be his VP. Right. So I think that's very important. Remember, just like the Republican establishment got Bush on the ticket in 1980 to keep control of Ronald Reagan, just like they get James Baker in there as chief of staff. Do not think that the moneyed class on Wall Street that still believes they control the Republican Party and the corporatists and those corporate suite, the CEOs, the guys making the outrageous stock options and warrants and tens of millions of dollars off the hard labor of the working class people in this country. Do not think that they sleep a second. They're not trying to do this. Remember, money never sleeps, and particularly money in politics is trying to thwart Trump and trying to thwart the MAGA movement. So we always have to be on perpetual watch. My choice? I shouldn't say that. Uh, My guess, because he could be my choice, too. I love the guy. You ready for this, Steve? Is, although I know Elise Stefanik is right there, I think Lee Zeldin gets it. I think Lee Zeldin would actually be competitive if he'd done one thing. We cannot forget Sid, Lee Zeldin kept Trump out of that campaign. He would have been governor of New York if he had included him. He didn't run MAGA. He never invited Trump in. I was making a big deal this time. If Lee Zeldin had had Trump campaign with him, Lee Zeldin... Well, well, let me let me just say this. Maybe you're right in terms of the big picture, but I know that I ended up somehow, Steve Bannon, in Deal, New Jersey, late on an August Sunday afternoon where there was a Lee Zeldin campaign, and who showed up live to speak? Donald Trump. A hundred percent. But I'm saying embracing Trump and embracing MAGA. Right. Lee Zeldin kept it at arm's length. He Listen, did. If he Lee did. Zeldin, and Lee Zeldin's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy. If he had embraced Trump from the beginning, Lee Zeldin would have been what he should be right now, which is the governor of New York. And think about if Lee Zeldin had been the governor of New York, all the disasters we would have avoided. So I think that's going to be definitely in the weight and measured. In that, but I would like to see Lee Zeldin, the Secretary of Defense, or, or you know, head of the CIA or DNI or something. I think Lee Zeldin's got a lot to contribute to his country. Oh, I love that. As, yes, as a vet, that would be great. So, in the final thirty seconds, Steve Bannon, and no one knows this stuff better than you, nobody. Give me your prediction in terms of numbers tomorrow in New Hampshire: Trump versus Haley. I think right now my feeling will be fifteen points or beyond. I'm looking for turnout. Uh, President Trump has done a great job. Uh, here's the issue. She's going to have money. So she's not going to go away. But I think President Trump, look, it's going to be a huge uh, defeat uh, for her. And there's no, she's going to get beaten in South Carolina worse. So, But it's not about that. It's about the money they'll keep up there to try to make sure that they inculcate themselves, insert themselves into President Trump's second term. That's what you got to be on watch for. What they're going to try to do is stay close enough to make sure they feel they have a, a role in this, and that's what we got we got to thwart. The neocon neoliberals have no role in the second Trump term. This is President Trump's going to take the administration the state down, going to get national security back on America first footing, and going to shut down the border and deport 8 to 10 million illegal alien invaders that came in on Biden's watch. That's what's in front of him. And, and, and at the same time, take care of this amazing financial mess that the Congress with the Biden regime has created. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. But I think President Trump by 15-plus tomorrow night. Steve Bannon, you're just a tremendous guest. I don't know what else to say. You're amazing every Monday, and that's why your War Room podcast is as popular as it is, and that's why Trump relies on you as much as anybody. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Great appearance. We'll do it again next week, pal. 
Sid, thank you so much. Love the show. Bye. I love you too. Steve Bannon. Man, he's great. Steve Bannon. And that sets up our number four. We'll talk to WFAN legend Joe Beningo. He's got his thoughts on politics and the big NFL weekend that just finished and the big NFL weekend about to come your way. Joe B coming up next. Friend, no time for the love you send. Seasons change and so did I. You need not wonder why. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Chris and Beth Page is on a fan. Chris, how are you? couple things. It's funny. You were great. I love you with Sid Rosenberg. You're awesome on that segment. <laughs> it's, right. it's must listen to radio. I got to tell you a very quick story. Yep. Uh, about six years ago, I worked down on Wall Street. I left early because it was snow. So I go down on the, uh, the two train, okay, the two train on Broadway. And, um, I'm listening to Sid's podcast with the late, great Bernard McGurk. Okay? Yep, yep. And all of a sudden, who gets off the train and is walking right towards me on the platform? Because he lived down there back then. One, Sidney Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. So I go up to him. He doesn't know who I am, obviously. I got the earplugs in. I go, hey, Sid. And he looks at me. I take the earbud out. I stick it right in his ear. And he's listening to himself. And he's like, holy crap. <laughs> so... And let me tell you something. We've become pretty good friends since then. Like he good. mentions that story a lot. Yeah, and he's just a great guy, and I, I really enjoy it when you're on there with him. I really well, next time, him. you know, Chris. I, next time, I got to write this down. And next time I go on with Sid, I'll have to mention you, so you know him. You you know Sid personally now, right? I know him. He, he knows my last name. Whenever I call, he used to take calls. He doesn't take them anymore. Uh, but he used to say my first and last name all the time. He used to right. say my last name. Right. And what would happen is, like, I, I would be, be careful, Sid, because I'm supposed to be at work right now. Like, you know, I work from home, so. Right, I'm right. Like, I'm, and I'm like, Sid, don't mention my last name, because my boss, if somehow he's listening to he's like, what the hell is that guy doing? Call him Sid Rosenberg. I'm going to make that guy really happy. His name is Chris McGlynn. Is this Kiss? Kiss. You know, we uh, talked about Gene Simmons last week, and one of the sales ladies was like, I don't know how she knows him, but, you know, I, I like Gene Simmons. I've met him many, many times. He's been in these studios with me many times. He was once selling like a brand of soda. I promoted it for him. He wrote that book, 27, for the young artists that died at the same age, 27. Everybody from Kurt Cobain to Jimi Hendrix to Janis Joplin to Amy Winehouse. So he was in the studio with me and Bernie a bunch of times, but he's an asshole. But I like him. It could be both, you know. It the, is it is possible to be yeah. an asshole and be liked by a yeah. morning host. So I, the sales lady was like, you know, no, I'm personally exactly right, the way he described Gene Simmons. Oh, is. I do remember that salesperson. <laughs> yes, I think so. Is he still married fondly. to Shannon Tweed? I don't believe. Remember Shannon well, maybe Tweed? I'm, maybe I'm she was like on like soft porn on uh, Playboy Medco. Yeah. Was I she in like, Playboy too? Yeah, she was in Playboy. Well, anyway, that was uh, on only, the fan. Only the best. <laughs> Pretty good. The rest of the band members can just slink away. They love him in Israel. He's big in Israel. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll be on Monday. Um, that was a call that Chris made to Joe on the fan on Saturday, and here he is, a legend himself, uh, the great Joe Beningo. Joseph, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Sydney Arthur. First of all, let's not forget the great Jim Morrison also died at 27 of the Doors. I mean, my, probably my all-time favorite group, but we'll leave that alone. I have to say this, okay? I give you major props for going to Israel. I mean, you, you now have, you know, you have now moved up from being, you know, from the days of Imus when you were looked at a certain way, oh, this guy's a clown, this guy is this and that. You have now moved up to being a legitimate, big-time, uh, you know, political, however you want to say it, news guy. You're going to Israel. I give you tremendous credit for that. Well, thank you. That means a lot coming from you, and I mean that because folks don't know this, but, for example, during the Ravens-Texans game on a Saturday, while both of us are watching that, and Joe, uh, to this day, is, I believe, along with Russo, the best sports talk guy ever, is texting me what he just told you, basically, wow, I mean, you're going to Israel, and you ask some really yeah. pertinent questions about my kids. and Yeah, I can't uh, believe your family's going. I don't know if, yeah. I'd, if I'd let that happen. but Well, that, well no, no, if you'd let that, yeah, now, you know me a long time. Right. And do you remember who makes the decisions in my household? Yes, I know your wife makes the decisions, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you gotta, you gotta suck it up and say, you know what, honey? No. Nope. You're not coming. No, no, no. Okay? I did, no, I want them there. I want my son there. Okay. I want to go to the Wailing right. Wall. If you want him there, then yeah, God bless you. Yeah, I God, do. God bless you. Yeah, I mean, look, it, right now as we speak, Joe, believe it or not, there are still you know, hundreds of thousands of kids living in Jerusalem, living their lives. Now, uh, uh, understood. I Right, right. I mean, I mean, and people tell me all the time that, you know, your son, for example, my son, Gabe, who's just a, an angel at 15 years old, he takes a train home every day. Now, right. odds are the train's not going to be hit by a missile, but he's got a better chance of being roughed up on the train than he does in Jerusalem. I mean, well, you... that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Right. No, I, hey, look, with the anti-Semitism in this country right now and with all these pro-Palestinian uh, protests in New York, yeah, I mean, I hate to say that. It's sad to even have to say something like that, but I can't say you're wrong. What is it like in Jersey? Uh, I know you're in uh, New Jersey. You know, I became very, very good friends with Jack Chitterelli. And, in fact, uh, Jack Manzo, my friend Jack, contacted me last week. And Chitterelli course, I voted th- for him, by the way. I you, voted for Chitterelli. Oh, good, good. Well, he, 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 it's unfortunate. He gave it a good run, but... Unfortunately, Murphy won again. Well, I mean, because again, like New York, there's too many Democrats in New Jersey, but Phil Murphy's done. He's got to leave. He's maxed out. So now, Chitterelli's got a real shot at winning, and I'm going to start to help him campaign. What is it like in terms of all the stuff you mentioned about New York? Any of that in New Jersey? You know, I'm not, I'll say it this way. You know, I'm not around enough, you know, to really see what's really happening. Certainly in in my circle around that, you know, I don't see anything like that. But, uh, look, I mean, it's very real. Let's put it this way. It's very real. It's very scary. Uh, I think there's always been an element of anti-Semitism in the country, but never to the degree that we see now. Never to the degree. And even going to, you know, uh, the government. I mean, look look what they're trying to do. They're trying to force a coup to get Netanyahu out to try to, you know, have some kind of peace agreement and, and and, and and have a ceasefire when when what's trying to really happen obviously they they, they don't want any t- um, 
two-state uh, situation. Solution, there. right, right. Yeah, what yeah. they want to do is destroy yeah. the, uh, destroy the that's Jews. Right. Let's that's be right. honest about it. And yet Joe Biden once again, once again on a call with Netanyahu, who just yesterday yep. was emphasizing a two-state solution. Here, here's what you can do, Mr. President, with your two-state solution. Right. Shove it up your old wrinkly ass. How about no that? Question. No uh, question. One more, you know, so I spoke to uh, our mutual friend Chris Olivero on uh, okay. Sunday because I needed the number for the control room because, you know, Anytime my name gets mentioned on your station, I get tipped off, obviously. And I wanted to get the audio. Right. And he said, listen, I love when Joe goes on your show, too. He listens. And he thinks you're great on the show. But he said, tell him to keep the politics for ABC, not right. our station. So have you been talking about Trump on the fan? No, I absolutely have okay. not. Right. And, uh, and I know guys have brought it up. Uh, I, I, I think I had a caller on Saturday that brought it up. And, you know, I thought I handled it the correct way. I mean, I'm not going. Look, I, and I've said it to people too. Look, when I'm on the Saturday shows about sports, you know, people want to uh, uh, talk sports to get away from what's going on in the country. You know, when I'm on your show, that's a totally different story. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. No. Of course. So, how did the guy start the call on Saturday? Bringo, what do you think of Trump? Just like that? No, no. No. What happened was a guy called in and he said he used to be a Democrat. But now, like me, he has now moved because of what's happened in the country to being, you know, he's going to vote Republican. So all I said, I said, look, I really is exactly what I said. I said, I don't like to get into politics. This is not a a political show. But all I said was, God bless you to the guy. That's what I said. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, good. There's nothing wrong. That's not me talking politics. No, not at all. No, 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 no. Listen, trust me. Uh, Olivero's great. There was a time once where I mentioned, just mentioned, Bernard, God rest his soul, was going to be on Bill O'Reilly's show. Right. Didn't say anything good or bad about Bill, who's now one of my best friends, and that was good enough to get me called into the office to meet with Mark Chernoff. So uh, Olive is a lot different in that respect. Yeah, a lot different. Let's get to these uh, games. Who knows? Maybe Chernoff's coming back. Oh, who knows? Goodbye, Spike Exkin. Hello, Mark Chernoff. Uh, Let's let's get to the game from this weekend. Um, You know, no real real surprises. You know, Buffalo was favored, but Kansas City's got the six straight championship games. That's hardly a shocker that they won. And the other three home teams all won. Maybe Green Bay keeping it close, although they've been wet hot. So Mm -hmm. no real surprises, right? No. You know, I thought Buffalo would win, to be honest with you. But... uh... Look, I mean, the Chiefs really revved it up in the second half of this game. And let's be honest, this game could have been a lot worse. You had McCole Hardman fumbling the ball out of the end zone, uh, you know, on that one play. I don't know what Andy Reid was doing there. Give the ball to Pacheco the way he's running. And then you had that fumble where, remember, Allen fumbles. And I don't know how the Bills recovered that. I mean, they were very lucky uh, to recover that. They got away with that fake punt when uh, – uh, uh, Kansas City had only 10 men on the field. I didn't love that call by McDermott. So, and, and let's be honest, I mean, they dropped pass. Stephon Diggs dropped a big pass. Yes. Allen threw a bomb yep, down yep, the field. Yep. Would have been a big play. It hit Diggs right in the hand. He didn't catch it. There was a couple other passes. I forget who the guy is. Number 16, Gabe Davis is out. Number 16, who dropped a big pass. And even late in the game, uh, oh, that, that's Sheffield, I think. I think I, in the end zone. Yeah, I think that's that? Shep, I think his name is Sheffield or something. Or Shep, uh, Sheffield, 16. right. Yeah, something yeah. Like, like Gary Sheffield, something right, like that. Right, right, right. And even late in the game, there was a, a play where Shakir was open in the back of the end zone. And I don't know if Chris Jones got a piece of Allen's arm on the play or not, but Allen didn't get the ball there. And, you know, I mean, it, 
They just didn't make plays uh, in the passing yeah. game. They were able to run the ball. They ran the ball well. You know, uh, Cook ran the ball really well. Even the ex-Jet Ty Johnson had ran the ball well yesterday. Allen does his thing. He always runs. He had a couple touchdown runs. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, the Chiefs were just a better team. And the guy misses the field goal. I mean, it wasn't even close. That field goal by Bass wasn't even close. No. Well, reminiscent, of course, of the wide right Norwood. 1991. I was I was at that game, of course, right, when yeah, Norwood yeah. missed a field goal against my Giants. Um, and the Giants win by one. I want to get to the two games this weekend quickly before I got to let you run. Uh, the Ravens have been just lights out. And, and again, Lamar Jackson in that second half against a good Houston defense. That's a much yeah. better defense. So it's a very simple question. You can't count out Kansas City. Six no. straight title games, two Super Bowls for Mahomes. He's been the best quarterback of this most recent generation. But logically, is there any reason to pick Kansas City to win in Baltimore? I would never dismiss the Chiefs. You're getting three and a half points in this game. It is Patrick Mahomes. Let's be honest. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes has already put himself into the all-time great category. Agreed. Let's be honest about it. I agree. It. I agree. I think he's already in what, like the top ten quarterbacks that ever played. This By the game. way, him and Kelsey. Uh, him, yes, Kelsey's, well, Kelsey's is a walk-in first ballot Hall of Famer, just like his brother is. They're both going in a Hall of Fame. And don't be surprised if Kelsey retires after it's all said and done, uh, Travis, with the Chiefs this year. I can never dismiss Kansas City. They have a very good defense. They can run the ball with Pacheco. Um, look, everything points to Baltimore. Uh, I, I think I take the Chiefs in a three and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. I like that one. And of course, everybody wants the Lions to win. Right. They're, they're right. getting a touchdown. And Green Bay did scare yes. the Niners this weekend. And, uh, Goff has Super Bowl experience and they've been great all year long. I, I imagine then you'd like the Lions plus the points. I do. Getting seven, I do. I do. I think they get, I think the early line I saw was seven points. Yeah, I do. A rematch of the first game of the year. Remember the Thursday night game that opened the season in Kansas City when the Lions beat the Chiefs. I think the final score was like 21-20 in that game. We may get the, the first game of the year and the final game of the year, Chiefs-Lions. Uh, it's, one, it's one thing to take Kansas City plus a three and a half and Detroit plus the seven, but are you telling me you expect both underdogs to outright win? I don't know if I expect it to win, but I think it's real a, a real possibility. I don't think you can discount it. You know what I mean? Okay, but what do you what, what does your gut tell you? Who wins those games? The home favorites? I, I, I'm going to say Chiefs and the Niners. Wow, Chiefs say. Niners. Yeah, wow. A rematch of a couple of years ago when the Chiefs beat them. Of course, that was Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback for San Francisco, and obviously it's going to be Brock Purdy this time. If we get Ravens-Niners, that's also a rematch. Yep. Your friend, the former Jet, Joe Flacco, was the quarterback of the Ravens, but the Niners are more interesting. Their head coach was Jim Harbaugh, who may be back right. in the quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's true. And, by, and remember this also. Remember, the Ravens played the Niners earlier this year, a few weeks ago, actually, and just killed, killed them. Killed them, yeah. Uh, killed them on a, I believe, I don't know if it was Sunday night or Monday night, killed them uh, in San Francisco. So that's something to keep in mind as well going forward. Joe, I love you to pieces. Hopefully we, we can talk next week when I'm in Israel. I'd love you to call in when I'm there. So I'll be in touch uh, all let week. Me know, bro. I will. Enjoy, know. enjoy the game. By the way, let me just say one last thing. Sure. Good job by Ron DeSantis getting out of the race here. Let's go. And, and I predict that Don will win big in New Hampshire. 
God, I love you. You're the best. I'm serious. I mean, you're breaking down football. You're breaking down New Hampshire. Joe Beningo, the absolute best. Thank you so much. Bro, Godspeed to you and and the family. Thank you. And be safe out there, okay, bro? Thank you, bro. I love you. Thank you, man. I really do love you. That's uh, the great Joe Beningo, WFAN legend. Still does his show there on Saturdays. Uh, He's not calling into Evan and Tiki anymore on Monday afternoons, but he calls us, and we get the best of Joe Beningo. We get politics and football. And for you, Joe, here he is. Yes, he did die at 27. Jim Morris in the doors for Joe Beningo. We'll come back after this. Break on to the other side. Break on to the other side. Break on to the other side, yeah. We chased our pleasures here. Dug our treasures there. We can't still recall the time we cried. Break on to the other side. Break on to the other Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. journey for you on today, the 75th birthday of the great Steve Perry. Another um, journey classic. I think we played three journey songs today on this Steve Perry birthday. As we wrap up, it's been a tremendous show today. I mean, great. Curtis Sleewa was here today, Rich Lowry, John Katzmatidis, Steve Bannon, Joe Beningo. Big show tomorrow. Who's on uh, tomorrow? I know Roger Stone is coming back. I like him. Uh, Rudy Giuliani will be here, as he is every Tuesday. Who else? Uh, Jill Zarin is on Oh, that's that, right. Uh, the New York Housewife, Jill Zarin. Right. Yeah. And, uh, let's Had it been out so far? Uh, no, I think, uh, no. Oh, no. L- Lizzie Savetsky, oh, Rudy. Oh, that's, that's a big one. Lizzie Savetsky live in studio as we get set to go to Israel coming up this weekend. Did you download your, uh, your El Al passport, the whole thing, the whole app thing? Yeah. No, you didn't. I know how to you do You're such this. an epic liar. I know how to do this. I know how to do But you look at me and you just lie. I, I, so, I don't I care. Got a whole week. Danielle's the one who wants you to do it. I don't give a rat's I, ass. Of course I'm going to do it. All right. I've done this before. Just so you know, I'm traveling alone. I know. I'm very scared for you. And then Justin is traveling with my family. It makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I should be traveling with Danielle and Gabe, but they wanted me to go first. Uh, you're giving like me way too much responsibility already. <laughs> I know, there's a lot of responsibility. This is way too much. Well, we don't want to want, God forbid something happens, you know. We don't and, want to all and, be yeah, together. And I'm there to protect him. Well, right. That's, that's... <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. But I got to get there because I had to get some sleep before my first show on Monday. So you're going to arrive at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that'll be great. And then meet us at the studio. It's like five hours later. Anyway, one of um, one of my best friends and Danielle, and a huge supporter of Sid and Friends in the Morning, spends a lot of money advertising on this show, is uh, everybody's favorite. Everybody loves Jen Delonjo. Everybody. <laughs> they all know her. There's no, she's a huge person. She's got like 900,000 followers on Instagram. She's like a real housewife, basically. 
And she's got these uh, four great locations. And uh, we go to her all the time for our Botox and fillers and all that good stuff. We uh, like the one in Howard Beach. That's close to our house. But I've been to Glendale. I've been to Brooklyn. Everyone but Oceanside. You've been to all of them. No, not Oceanside, I don't think. I think three out of the oh, four. Right. No, you never that's been to Oceanside. That's the newest one, yeah. That's the, that's the next one you're going to So how to. is business this time of year? It's winter out. People tend to get fat, get lazy with their appearance. <laughs> you know what I mean? They go to Florida. They're not really here. How is the business come this time of year? Um, this time of year, it's starting on uptick now. That's what usually happens. I guess everybody gets their tax checks back and everybody starts, wants to look pretty again. Is that right? Yeah. So what do you do mostly these days? Um, I mean, usually Botox is usually the biggest, the biggest seller. You know that. You know what she does? Every time somebody comes in who's a fan of mine, (laughs) she puts, she takes a picture and she puts it on her Instagram story. And I she do. puts down another hashtag citizen came to my office today. That's right. And I've gotten a lot of those. Yes, I mean, you have. I mean, you, you spent have. a lot of money, but you have gotten a return on your. Yes, I have. A yeah. lot of citizens come in to see me, <laughs> and we love to promote them when they come in, and they love you, Sid. Yeah, they That's love for you, sure. And then they love you. They leave, they go, oh, my God, you're right. She was the best. <laughs> would you say mostly Botox? My listeners, at least, is that what they're coming for? Um, I would say Botox fillers. I mean, other yeah. other treatments, too. Can you so- fix Alex's ass? It's kind of uh, it's kind of flabby these days. You do you, you replace asses and stuff like that and lips and all that. Not right? yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not you yet. Do, you do, so, do lips. I, know I you do, do lips. do lips. Yes. No, what I do, we do butts too. We do. We you do, do injectables. Do butts. Yes. So what we do you do? How do you fix somebody's butt? I'm just curious. How do I fix it? Well, I mean, we do enhancements on the butt. We Is that do injections? injectables. Yes. No yes. kidding. It's called sculpt drop. We do. Really? Yeah. Is Instead that the of, same thing as a filler in your butt? It's a filler in your butt. Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Are you going to be ready for that <laughs> yeah. soon, too, Sid? No, not ready for that? Well, I am. But uh, <laughs> I will tell you that why you're so amazing is is you, you become so good at this. And I don't know how. How, how does that happen? You, I guess you're just kind of born with that, kind of like I am with it's this. It's like I'm, bo- I'm born with it. It's yeah. an artistry. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. It's an artistry. But now you've taken this this great personality. I mean, you're great at what you do. You're a great injectionist. That's a word. I don't even know. <laughs> but you've taken this great personality. You're 900,000 friends. You do know all the housewives or any yenta that lives from uh, Howard Beach to Fort Lauderdale. You know them. You're friends with them. <laughs> any gay person, any transvestite, any transgender, she knows them all. And now you've it's got my this. business. Uh, I know. Now you got this wildly popular podcast yes. that you do here at WABC. Tell me about that. So um, it's a, a weekly podcast. Uh, it's cultural. I mean, we do touch on politics. We touch on on fashion. We touch on um, on on news. No. We touch on um, uh, entertainment. So it's fun. So we have like a whole eclectic uh, a bunch of people that come on. Um, I'm yeah, yeah, have great some, guests. You know, some you know, yeah, recognizable some names guests. and some good guests. We had all the mob wives on last week, and we're going to have another another one on today, which yeah. is going to be fun. Good job, buddy. You're not to further the stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jen from Howard Beach. I have the mob wives on. Answer this for me. Why do all mob people, not that you're one of those, okay, but you mentioned mob wives. Why do all mob people love me and, and love people like Donald Trump and Republicans? Why is that? I, I never met a mob person who was a Democrat. Never. Never. Because we're smart. Is that what it is? I think you just so. said we, by the way. You just included yourself in the mob. <laughs> I brought myself in it, so. <laughs> no, but you are, in all seriousness, you're a big Trump supporter. I am. You've even considered running for office locally in Absolutely. Queens. Which I Absolutely. think you, you, you can't do because it's a huge uh, pay cut for you. Yes, it would but, be a huge pay cut. But I would love to do it one You day. would love to do it. I would. And 100%. why do you love Donald Trump, the Republican Party? Why? Because he's honest, because he got things done, um, and he's going to get more things done. And if they would have let him alone... He would have got a lot more things done. That's perfect. That's right? exact, a hundred percent right. 
Do you love him like my mother? I, I love him. You I love him. I adore him. I told That's you. That's what I my wanna, mother says. Yes. I told you I want to meet him with your mother. <laughs> That's quite a threesome. <laughs> President Trump, Jen, and Naomi. <laughs> Look at Alex's face. Um, so is he your favorite presidential candidate ever? Have you been a Republican your whole life? Was there a time when you were a Democrat? Um, there was a time when I guess I swayed. You did. More towards you, being kind of, you probably like Bill Clinton. I like Bill Clinton. I, d- I, I liked Bill Clinton. He was cute, right? So, yeah, he was. So what if somebody comes in and they go, I want you to do my Botox, but I'm a Democrat, and you have to say something nice about Joe Biden, or I won't give you the business. What would you do? I don't think I could say anything nice about <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> so you would say, go someplace else. You're not getting any Botox. I would probably not even today. talk about it. I'd yeah. probably say, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about your Botox. <laughs> so do you see yourself somewhere down the road? Uh, and I mean this sincerely. You've got a great personality. You're very cute. Do you see yourself doing stuff like this uh, more in the future? Would you like that? Is that kind of your, that's your gonna, dream? That's my goal. That's your goal. That's my goal. Okay. Politics and, and, and more. Entertainment. More entertainment. You've been invited to do a couple of these Real Housewife shows, at the very least some episodes or uh, maybe even uh, a full-time. We, in fact, we almost went with your friend Helen Hoey. Yes. We almost went on a cruise together. For What's the name of that show again? Below Deck. Below Deck. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was close. You did go. I did go. I so did was go. that going to be on TV this winter? It's supposed to be. And we're supposed to actually do um, a second uh, a second. A part of it because everybody got COVID when we went last time. Right. So, okay. So for uh, on the way out here, Jen Delandro, folks, Dolce Aesthetics. That's D O L C U for the Howard Beach folks. You, Lewis, right across the street from uh, Lenny's, right across yep. the street, right there by Brothers Deli, and she's in Glendale, and she's in Oceanside, and she's in uh, Bay Ridge too. Yes. On uh, Third Avenue, right? Third Avenue, Bay Ridge. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Eighty seventh Street. So people uh, come in today and say, "I heard you want sitting friends in the morning," and what happens? What do they get? You're gonna get. You're gonna become a citizen, and you're gonna get ten percent off all treatments wow. because you said that you Sid sent you. Is that true? I didn't that's even know that. That's true. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay, yes. that's a very very nice that's gift. A very thank, nice gift. Thank I you think very so. much. <laughs> well, you look. I know you haven't felt well the last couple of weeks, but you look great now. Thank you. You look great. So do you. You always look good. Ah, oh, stop it. It's good I to see you, guys. and uh, you're great. No, and you good are. luck with the podcast. And thank we'll, you so we'll much. We'll talk to you again very soon. Uh, thank and you, know, you, we, you know we love you. You're like a sister to us, me and Daniel. And you're so. like a sister and brother to me. Well, I thank love you, you very both. much. I'm glad you said I'm brother. I was getting nervous for a second. <laughs> there she is, folks. Jen Delonjo. Jimmy Cerna checks in. I guess he was by uh, Jaime Cerna. He was by you not that long ago, and he loved your service. So uh, that is Jen Delandre. Dolce Aesthetics. Check out her podcast every week. It's called again. Cats and Pudding. Cats and Pudding. <laughs> It's got to be a story behind that. <laughs> Don't have time today. And, uh, of course, check out Dolce Aesthetics. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Don't ask me. What you know is true Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart I I was standing You were there Two worlds collided And they could never tear us apart We 
Great song here, Never Tear Us Apart in Excess. Once again, happy birthday to the late, great Michael Hutchins, who was a lead singer of In Excess. Wraps up a pretty good show today, folks. From uh, Curtis Sliwa to Rich Lowry, John Katsimatidis, Steve Bannon, Joe Beningo to Jen Delandro. Four more shows here in America before we come to you starting a week from today for four big shows live from Jerusalem. And we're done for today. Lou Rafino, as always, an amazing job. Great work with Steve Perry, Michael Hutchins, all that good stuff. Justin Ellick, great work. Noam Layden, you too. We'll all be back, as Gene would say, God willing, at 6 a.m. tomorrow for a Tuesday show. Until then, from all of us here on Sitting Friends in the Morning to all of you, peace! Come on! 